You're listening to Uptown Radio, WJYN 98.5. You got Chris Thomas. Mark Thompson. Langston, Washington. And you're listening to the Running Back Radio Show. What's going on, yeah? Going good, man. You know, another day. I mean, I mean, the question is how am I feeling after Sunday's loss with the birds? <laughs> That's the you know what? Question. Like, I'm, I've gotten like so used to it. Like it doesn't even like hurt anymore. Yo, to be honest, like leading up to Sunday, I I had to call people to, like, yo, can you kind of like help me get in the like Eagles mood, like Eagles spirit? Like I have my hoodie on, I'm ready to go, but I'm just like, mm, I don't know. And, and you know what? I come to find out, I think it's because all the injuries that we had ending the season is basically how we started the season. So watching them, it was just like for me, it was just like, uh, it was just like a matter of time. You know what I also think it was? Hmm. You were in DC. Ah, chill, 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 you chill, chill, chill. You know what? I, w- I wasn't in Philly either. I was in Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> How was that? You had your hoodie on. It's cold out there. I wore an Eagles mask. I wore my green and white. I'm watching the game at a restaurant. I see us up seventeen nothing. I'm like, we living large. We doing good. And all of a sudden, after highlight after highlight, I see interception after interception. Sack right. after sack, right. fumble after fumble. All right, all right. I, I don't think I can put the blame on y'all. I mean, even though you were in DC, you I know, mean, that's just bad juju. But I you know, these were that. doing just fine. Then, like, around like halftime, I'm like, you know what? I said I wouldn't drink during this game, but like, you oh, know. it was you. Well, that's mandatory. It's you. What, what nah, were you thinking? Nah, it's him. He, he took, yeah, he took a swig, and it was. Awesome. Listen, I know it wasn't my <laughs> fault, and uh, I, I, you know whose fault it was though. Who? It was doggone play calling. I'm t- yo, so like the first and, and the injury bug, in- injury wow. bug, cool, but like in the first, like I'm tired of like the Eagles doing everything we want them to do in the beginning and then just like go away from it. Like y'all notice how like Carson was, he was on the money. Yep. He was even doing little rollouts, getting little extra time and finding people down the field. I'm like, yes, this is what we need. It's about dog on time. But like in actuality, like it it didn't happen. Like once we were up seventeen, nothing. Why do we just keep continuing to throw and throw and throw when it's like, all right, I get it. We want to put more points on the board, but yet we also have a lead. So it's like, I don't understand why, like, we're continuing to throw the ball. Like, Carson, he had 42 attempts. He went 24 for 42, uh, 270 yards. He threw two touchdowns, which was in the first half, and then two interceptions. I mean, they started jumping our routes after a while. You saw Washington go ahead and adjust. Meanwhile, we got Carson Wentz just continuing to drop back as if he's not even a mobile quarterback. Makes no sense to me whatsoever. Yeah. You know what also what I think it is? I don't think it's the fact that we went away from the running game, but the running game just wasn't effective. And I think that also has to do with, you know, the overall stats status of our offensive line. You're probably missing your best run blocker in Brandon Brooks, your other best one uh, running back, um, offensive lineman in Lane Johnson. And the Eagles are like one and eight, I believe, when Lane Johnson doesn't play when alongside with Carson Wentz. Yeah. And that's that's just absolutely egregious. But then, like, also you got, like, you know, injuries during the game. You know, Matt Dressel got hurt. Then you got Jordan Malaya mm-hmm. coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Pryor didn't play at all either. So it's like the only healthy, you know, guys that you only have was on the left side. And we obviously seen that. There's a reason why I didn't win Jason Peters back. Going up against, you know, that 21-year-old line. I mean, now they call him the Predator, you know, Chase Young. He looked great, by yeah, the way. Yeah, two and a half sacks, <laughs> you know, got that, you know, the sack fumble. But, yo, give props to that Washington front seven, man. Uh, him, Brian Kerrigan, you know, he just an all-time sack leader in Washington football team history now. Yo, that, that front seven is absolutely, you know, a Legit. cyclone. It was I said disgusting. that a few weeks ago, man. I said that defense is stout, especially during that front seven. And they have the coach to do it as well. Yeah, and also, you know, on defense, you know, um, 
Darius Lee, you know, he did his thing. That was the biggest thing I was waiting for. You know, he lined up with Terry McLaurin on about like 40-plus snaps. Yeah. Two catches, 22 yards was all he allowed. He finished up with five catches, 61 yards. But you saw on offense that, like, even when the stuff, like, wasn't working when with uh, Dwayne Haskins, um, you know, Jack um, – not Jack Dover, he's a defensive coordinator, you mm-hmm. know um, – Ron Rivera, Rivera yep. yeah. he didn't give him, like, you know, something there, like, he couldn't handle, you know, quick dropbacks, uh, you know, quick throws, you know. That's to what system you're supposed with the to do. You're supposed to cater to your quarterback. Yeah, especially with a young quarterback like that, and your offensive line is nothing to write home about. But, you know, you saw the adjustments, you know, the halftime speech that Dwayne Haskins gave at halftime, you know, especially when, you know, Ron Rivera was getting that IV, but... You saw, you know, a lot more sense of urgency in Washington, the end of the Philadelphia. Yeah. They wanted mm-hmm. to win this football game. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia just looked like they just wanted to get out of there. You know what? The thing about them, the thing about the Eagles that frustrate me so much is, like, I'm watching this game as we're up 17 nothing, And I remember I'm, I'm in the group chat hype. I'm super hype. I'm like, yo, I don't even think Washington's going to score. Like, I, that's like that's how I felt. We were clicking on all cylinders. Yes. The offense was looking good. Dallas Goddard was playing fantastic. Dallas Goddard, he had eight receptions for 101 yards for and a that touchdown. Touched which I was very happy to see. Um, a part of me felt like the Zach Ertz days are really coming to an end. Ever since I saw that, um, it was an interview with, uh, what's his name, who used to do salsa dance with the Giants? Uh, Victor Cruz. Yes, ever since I saw an interview with Victor Cruz on The Breakfast Club, how he talks about like when it's like contract time, like from the front office, they will legit have orders like, yo, like don't really hit him the ball. And believe it or not, you can kind of see it. Just even though it was one game, don't get me wrong, it was one game, like I said, um, Goddard had eight receptions for 101 yards, but then you look at Zach Ertz, who had three receptions, yet he also had seven targets, 18 yards, one touchdowns. And what I kept calling Ertz the whole time, I just kept saying he gets no yak. He literally gets no yak. He'll get, he'll get hit and go right down. Meanwhile, Dallas Goddard... And I've seen it from him last year. He's going to fight. He's going to get you the extra yards. I like Dallas Goddard. He's solid. He's solid. So I don't I don't know if that contract is really going to come for Ertz, especially if Goddard's going to continue to play this way. Ertz, Ertz is not going to get that co- that contract because Dallas Goddard is right behind him. So the Eagles have no urgency to pay him at all. Yeah. At all. He's getting tons of money. That's why I was saying we had to trade him Wow, while his value was high. Like, nobody, of course, like, we know what Zach Ertz can give you, but it's like, when you see three receptions, 18 yards, like, and this is Carson Wentz's security blanket, that that would raise eyebrows, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, I can cont- I can just keep on continuing, because at first I'm like, I'm not really mad, because I kind of expected this, but it's like... Did you really expect this? I did. Did you really expect the Eagles to lose against Washington? I, a part of me did because that's why I'm like, yo, can people help me get into the mood of the Eagles? Like, I'm up here listening to the fight zone, trying to get into it. I'm like, fly, Eagles, fly. I'm hype. Got my Eagles face mask on and everything. And then, like, the first quarter happens. I'm like, all right, we even got cornerbacks. We looking good. Then it's like, oh, here we go. When Lane Johnson doesn't play, it's automatically nine times out of ten. The Philadelphia Eagles are more than likely going to lose. Yeah. And also, when you look at the running back core as well, you know, I'm just going to say this. Listen, I like Corey Komet. I respect everything he did in 2017, but he sh- he's not a running. He, he doesn't. He's not a guy that you can give ten to fifteen carries a game. I like him as a third option. Yeah, like I like him. At, I like him as a passing yeah, option. Yeah, and yeah, the same, yeah. that's the thing. Like when Miles Sanders isn't playing, the Eagles just have a bunch of change of pace pass option running backs. Yeah. They don't have a guy where it's like, all right, I can give you this rock. And that's where, honestly, where they miss Jordan Howard at. For mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, and honestly, like, when I heard the reports that, you know, Devontae Freeman is visiting 14th, one of them for the Eagles, I'm like, yo, Philly, get on top Please. of that. Yeah, listen, I don't, listen, I don't care, like, how much you think he is, but listen, 
10 to 15 carries, a guy that can go in between the tackles because Philly doesn't have that now, especially with Sanders, you know, still ill. I mean, he might play week two. They're but Sanders, he doesn't even give you that anyway. He yeah. can, but that's not his primary role. He's more of an all-round back. He'll catch it out the backfield. He's more exciting in the open field, but he's not really a guy who's going to give it to you in between the tackles. The, uh, one of the, like, the biggest problems that game, I mean, this is where you lose. 17 rushing attempts. That's, that's what the Eagles had. 17. Washington, even though they didn't do a whole lot, they still kept the defense honest. They rushed the ball 36 times. Yeah. So it just makes mm-hmm. no sense. I yeah, mean, with Anto- Antonio Gibson, yeah. uh, Peyton Barber. Peyton Barber had two touchdowns. Their, mm-hmm. their highest guy had 17 attempts, and that was our entire team. Like, if you were look at, if you look at the breakdown and, you know, the team stats, the time of possession, the first downs, et cetera, et cetera, without looking at the score, you're like, oh, yeah, the Eagles won that game. But they didn't. Not, not like, not whatsoever. There you go. All right, we got our first caller. You're listening to Uptown Radio WJY and the Running Back Show. What's going on? Hello? Hello? That's probably the telemarketers. Yeah, right. and, uh, yeah, sorry about that. Anyway. Mm. I, I, if I, he was a real caller, call back in. Yeah. Yeah. The number to join the conversation is 215-763-9576. That's how you know I'm mad because I didn't even write the number down. <laughs> and I didn't, remember, I didn't memorize even look it. at the number. You didn't stutter. <laughs> you didn't hesitate. That's how you know I'm upset about this. Seriously. Oh, just man. makes no sense, man. And, and in the offensive line, they, they were trash, unfortunately, especially on that entire right side. I mean, I'm actually giving Jason Peters some credit because – didn't see a lot, whole lot of penalties come from the Eagles in general. So those first and 15s that we were worried about with Jason Peters, they didn't really happen. But when you got you got guys like missing blocks and you're letting Kerrigan get right in for a clean shot on Carson Wentz, that's completely unacceptable. They, and don't, that have is just terrible. On, they don't have any chemistry on the offensive line. That D-line is decimated to the point where you're going down to like practice squad players at this point. Isn't this the same thing we've been saying for the last yes, three yes, years? Like that's, yes. that's, that's what I'm saying. Like I'm just like, Yo. Listen, we never <laughs> had this problem under Chip Kelly. Oh my God! <laughs> if we did not get, we, we need to we need to bring back those Chip Kelly smoothies. We man. just we just we just need the conditioning coach under Chip Kelly. Everyone else can go. Can Andy Reid come back? We let him go too early. What's what's Big Red have. doing? Uh, he's in Kansas City with a six-year contract extension. Man. And uh, and probably the best quarterback in the league. He still got his house here? Like, please. He probably does. <laughs> I'm over Doug Peterson. And, yeah. and don't get me started on his terrible fourth down calls. Like, especially the one, uh, what was it, in the second half in the middle of the field? Like, come on, bro. We already lost momentum, and here we go. So my, my whole thing is that I don't mind going for it for, for, on fourth down. That's not the problem. But it's specifically the fourth down calls that he makes. Yeah. That's what I'm having a problem. And it's not like they're even tricky. Like, like yeah, predictable. You, you need some innovation. You know, I don't get it. That. Like, I, re- I don't. I don't understand it. And then, and then we are we going to talk about like the overall Carson Wentz getting sacked yeah. eight times? Now, yeah, so so quick question about that. Do yeah. y'all think that this game is on Carson Wentz? I'd say it's 50-50 because okay. at the end of the day, you can still see if you go back and watch game film, you can see where Carson Wentz is still holding the ball mm-hmm. too long, mm-hmm. missing his targets, mm-hmm. like not even getting to He's still trying to play hero ball, yeah. but it's like there's not even really giving him the time to truly play hero ball. As I mentioned earlier, he didn't get a chance to do those rollouts so that he can create more time. That's all Minnesota does with Kirk Cousins. If you ever watch Minnesota, that's mm-hmm. all they do because they know their offensive line isn't the greatest. And then when your offensive line isn't the greatest and you're doing those rollouts or, or whatever, all right, that's when you implement some of the screen mm-hmm. game. And we didn't do that. We, we didn't even implement the screen game. We that don't much have offensive line for a screen game. I mean, you got to do something. But here's my thing. So you have speed at wide receiver now, and I didn't really see that utilized the whole game. 
No. You know? <laughs> Except, well, that one catch that, that Rizzo yeah. caught. Except I, that one. I really jumped out of mm-hmm. my seat. I got excited when he caught that. Right. Here's the thing. And I'll get back to the Carson Wentz point yeah. about the wide receivers. That's actually a good point. I was actually thinking about that. There's no creativity when it comes to the speed. It's one thing oh, that mm-hmm. you're lacking speed, and which I understand and I get that, but you don't know how to properly utilize your speed. Like speed isn't just spreading; it's just like stretching deep mm-hmm. vertical. <laughs> like here's the thing, though: what makes the Chiefs so dangerous with their speed is that they mix it up. You see some reverses, you see some slant concepts. I haven't seen the slant. I haven't seen the slant since Alshon Jeffrey was um, healthy. And that's my thing. I'm just like, listen. You don't need to just take the top of the defense. You only need big chunk plays. Obviously, you missed a bunch of that last year. But, like, listen, against a team with a front seven like that, your offensive line is nothing to write home about. Give give the offense something simple to work with. Give a screen. I mean, like, give, like, a quick wide receiver screen. Get him out in the open space. Do, like, an RPO quick slant to Deshaun Jackson over the middle or Jalen Rieger. Or use some of that speed to, or some of that speed to Hightower. You have a good possession receivers. Uh, use over the middle for Greg Ward and J.J. Arthur yep. white side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't understand, like, everything about that passing game just seemed forced. Mm-hmm. And, like, all those long developing routes. And, like, honestly, I'm like, listen, I'm, it's like I'm watching the Cleveland Browns last year. Especially when you don't have the time for those routes to even develop. Yeah. If we're being honest. Like, one thing I do like um, how you mentioned Kansas City and their speed because they utilize their speed the best. One of the plays that I saw them do on Thursday, they had, like, they had, like, it was like a trips bunch. I mean, that's what they yeah. called in Madden. Mm-hmm. That's what I can yeah. think of on top of my head. It's like a trips bunch, right? They got two receivers going this way, and they got one receiver just going at the bottom all the yeah. way across. And it's like it creates so much confusion for the defense. I'm like, yo. Are you talking about the Tariq Hill touchdown? Something like that, yeah. Well, no, it was before no, that. talking about the one where um, there's like screens or picks when yeah. one receiver's going, yeah. across the, going across the other side of the field. You throw it, they're wide open, they go straight down. Yeah, it's, it's like it's, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's essentially that. So you're it's creating like, like, like havoc in the middle of the field. Leaving one wide receiver open, wide open, yeah. and 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 of course, like typically when when that ball is thrown, it's right around the first down mark. Yep. Anything else you get after that is essentially a bonus, and you yep. don't see that from the Philadelphia offense. So, um, I got a question for y'all, and this is something I was thinking about. Um, I'll say to be honest, for the past couple of years, I've definitely been on the fire Brett Brown train and the fire Doug Peterson train. I really don't think Doug Peterson is that really creative. So now that we got Brett Brown gone, I got a new guy I want fired. I want I want, I want to see change. It's nothing like so, how are you not playing to your player strengths? So based off that, that Super Bowl uh, year that the Eagles had, you think that was more Doug Peterson or Frank Wright? Man, I would say Frank Wright. Okay. I would definitely say it. I haven't okay. seen anything that's like remotely close to that year. Like – they ain't even mess around and play with the Philly special. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like after mm-hmm. we took that and made that maybe one of the best plays in Super Bowl history, mm-hmm. we didn't even like joke around in that package to even <laughs> like make the that defense also, think like, oh, they might do it. That was also under a different quarterback in Nick Foles. All right, well, you, you think Carson Wentz can't do that? Who's I, know, more I, know, athletic? I know he can do it. I know he's capable of doing everything Nick Foles has done. My thing is, will Doug Peterson allow Wentz to do that? And that's the problem. I think he just needs to let the training wheels off. I, we've been saying the same thing for years. Let the training wheels off the kid. He can, he like first off, he doesn't he doesn't wear his knee brace anymore. So so it doesn't seem like the ACL is a, a problem anymore. That's the first thing I noticed on Sunday. I'm like, oh, no knee brace. He's he's good. Let him go. Next thing you know, all we get is drop back, drop back. And it ain't even like it ain't even like three step drop backs getting the ball out quick. It's like he's going like he's about to bomb it every time. So maybe you allow Wentz a little more control over the offense. As you should. 
This was, but, what, what but you know year five? You know that hasn't happened. Exactly. What are we going on year five of Wentz? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't have control of the offense and yet? I think this is the first year of his large contract. Right. You know. and, so, and he's still no control? Nope. So what happens if he becomes control? I, I mean, we won't know. We won't know. Which here, are, here's also the thing, like, when it comes to Carson Wentz. And that's why, like, I put, you know, the equal blame not only of Doug Peterson's, like, creative play call. I'm like, and I talked to my friend about this. It's like Doug Peterson is either either a genius or is extremely vanilla. And, like, there's no in between between him. But also the thing about Carson Wentz is that you're still seeing these same issues from his rookie year as you are seeing from week five. He doesn't know how to throw the ball away. He doesn't know. Like, listen, I understand yeah. that you want to have, you know, escape the tackle and still make these spectacular throws. But listen, live the fight another down. You have no business, like, trying to keep breaking all of these tackles. And, like, when I keep seeing those leg tackles and I'm like, listen, this just for my – I keep getting flashbacks of, like, Jadavion Clowney. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, just go down. Fight another down. Like, we need you for 16 games. Like, take care of the football – if nothing is there, just roll out and throw it away because, like, half of those sacks, like, it's not just also on the offensive line. It's also on you as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. a combination of both. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you all this. Speaking of Jadavion Crowney, um, Carson once he did get hit 15 times. Yes. You think by any chance he might have got a concussion? Because it was day and night the first half. Uh, like, I mean, he went from lights out to, like, not even there the first half. Honestly, when that one that one hit where he got sandwiched, I believe, by like chasing Kerrigan, that that kind of cringed. You know what I'm saying? But, but do you? It's think, a thought. Do you think Wentz wouldn't report that after he reported a concussion in a playoff game? I don't think they're gonna let him do it again. He knows how uh, much heat he gets for not being on the field here in Philadelphia. I'm just I'm just throwing speculation. I didn't hear it. I'm just saying, like with the with the big hits that he did receive, there's no way that man goes day and night like that. And then that's different as well because last year you could say, all right, we're putting like a 40-year-old experienced quarterback in uh, maybe like past his prime, definitely past his prime, but in. And here you go from that to putting, what, a rookie quarterback in in Jalen Hurts? Uh, I think Jalen Hurts is the third string. Or, or, or Nate. Nate. No, 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 it's Nate Sudfeld. Jalen Hurts was inactive. Yeah. Okay, good, good. And, you good. know, also listen, here's the thing about your point about Doug Peterson. Honestly, as much as I like Howie, I would get rid of Howie before I would get rid of Doug. Because Why? of his drafting? Yes. Why? I mean, that's okay. fair. So, like, here's my thing. Like, like as much as I like Jalen Hurts, as much as I like Jalen Hurts, the player, you could have used another offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. Okay. As much. But, you didn't, but no one expected Dillard to be out for the season. Yeah. Well, I'm not, I'm not blaming Dillard. I like the Dillard pick. I yeah, just didn't too. expect him to get hurt. But, uh, listen, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside over Terry McLaurin and D.K. Metcalf. Like, now, like, you the reason why you're seeing a 38-year-old Jason Peters is because of your lack of drafting. The reason why you're completely unprepared on the offensive line is because you just don't know how to draft offensive linemen. We never had that problem with Andy Reid. You know, Trey Thomas, uh, John Runyon, J- uh, mm-hmm. Andy Reid made that trade for Jason Peters. You know, Hank Fraley, you know, J- Jamal Jackson. I can go on and on. Sean Andrews, you know, before the whole... Even like, his ma- tight ends could block. Chad yes. Lewis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chad yeah. Lewis. Brent, Brent Selleck. Brent Selleck. Yeah, John Ritchie coming out the backfield. Yeah, so... Listen, it's just those bad drafts are, like, really hurting. And, like, now that 2017 draft, like, I don't think nobody on that 2017 draft is still on the Philadelphia Eagles roster anymore. And it's not only the bad drafts, but it's the lack of picks you had in those drafts prior to that as well. So you're not drafting well, and you only had, like, five picks in those drafts as well. So you're really minimizing the chance and opportunity to pick good players. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I I think that's a fair assessment on Howie. 
I mean, a lot of people will cut him some slack because of how well he handles the cat, but he don't spend no money. So, like, and that's the reason why I don't think the Eagles are going to get Devontae Freeman is because Devontae Freeman wants too much money, right? And they're going to try and save the cap this year and push it over to next year. Next year for what? We don't like we we don't know. They, what are, next they year are, holds. They are cap struck. Like the Eagles are cap struck. You got to do it. And, and it's not even Eagles, like it's not even the Eagles' fault. It's just the league. Yeah. But here's my thing, though. It's like not if we trade Zach Ertz. What are you getting for Zach Ertz right now? Cap space and maybe some picks. Even so, then you're still sixty million dollars in the hole, and you're trading Carson Wentz's uh, favorite target in a, a uh, lockout season. I think he got a new one. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> Chemistry matters, especially in the season where you don't have any off-season reps. So, like, listen, if anything, like, I don't like the idea of trading Zach Ertz, but I'm waiting until at least next season to do that. I mean, it's, have, a, it's I a would, business decision. I would have traded Zach Ertz before the season started. I would have traded him draft time. Okay. That That's fine. That's too. what I would have did. That's fine. But during the season, nah, I, nah, I think fair you, enough. you live it out. Plus, we still got to somehow get rid of Alshon. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Alshon's done it. I mean, Alshon's leaving after this year. Anyway. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I don't know. That game was just frustrating. And then, like, when you think about how bad our offensive line, even though Lane Johnson is supposed to come back, when you think about how bad our offensive line is, you guys know who we have next week, right? Oh, the Rams. Yeah, right. You see yeah, what? Yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You see what he did? The Dominic Sue still there? Like, like right, on. Man, hold on. You are live on WJYN 98.5, the running back show. What's going on? Hello? Hello? All right. Um, last chance. Hello. Hmm. Well, if that was a real caller, not a telemarketer, because you know how it be sometimes. Give us a call back two one five seven six three nine five nine six. Oh, yeah, no, I'm not as mad. I'm not as mad anymore. Yeah, so. that's, yeah. Good. that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I've come down a bit. That's good. Yeah. We definitely gotta uh, make sure we got that uh, working though for our next caller that we are expecting at five thirty. Jason Dumas from Cron Sports, San Francisco. So we definitely gotta make sure that's going down. Um, but yeah, no, we got the Rams next. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm um after I saw what uh, Aaron Donaldson was doing by himself. Yep. It's kind of scary. He does, so, he does it to everyone. I yep. know. So what do you think he's going to do to ours? Oh, we're, def- we're definitely going to double team him. Definitely. But you, you, you've seen them highlights where he was literally smashing the two offensive linemen together and still getting through and getting a clean sack? You should just put Fletcher Cox on the offensive line <laughs> temporarily and they just go mano y mano. Yo, right. right. <laughs> like that's what you, they oh, cancel each other out. We're talking about old school high school football. Yep. Yep. Hold on, speaking of Fletcher Cox, did he play Sunday? He did. He did? Yeah. You sure? Exactly. <laughs> there was nobody on that off defensive line to help are you, him. Are you sure? There really isn't. Vinny Curry is also on IR. Brandon Graham also just got hurt as well. You're also missing Hargrave as well. So, yeah. like, now. Fletcher Cox is mainly like a, like a run stopper, too. He's yeah. not, he really doesn't get sex. So, Fletcher Cox did his job. Yeah, he really doesn't get sex. He's, he's, he's more in that realm of, like, a prime Geno Atkins and, yeah. like, Grady Jarrett. Yeah. Right. As opposed to, like, Aaron Donald. Yeah. Like, Aaron Donald's in the league of his own when it comes to defensive line. Yeah, he's, he's special. Like, I yeah. mean, that dude's really good. And he kind of makes me nervous. And we also know what the Rams' offense is capable of, especially with Jarrett Goff. Yeah, that play action. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to play action us to death. And who's the, who's their new uh, running back that you just picked up? He played pretty well. I forgot I forgot dude's Malcolm name off the top of my head. Brogdon? No, uh, no. no, no, Malcolm I, Brown is that it? It's Malcolm Brown and Cam. Yeah, Akers. Malcolm Brown, Cam yeah. Akers, and Daryl Henderson. Yeah, it looks like their running yeah. game hasn't missed a beat. I thought that they would, you know, be a little bit slower this year, losing Todd Gurley, but seems like they're straight. 
So I, I mean, I, 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 I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm just concerned, man. Those, those eight sacks and 15 hits, it's crazy. Let's see. You're listening to Uptown Radio, WJYN, the Running Back Radio Show. What's going on? What happened to them birds on Sunday? Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh yeah, it said Barbara on the phone. What happened to them birds on Sunday? What's up, Mr. Jackson? What's going on, homie? Man, listen. Look, you, you saw what happened. We wasn't looking good at all. Huh? We, we weren't looking good at all. Your quarterback's overrated. I keep telling you that. Oh my gosh! Here, speak. Hold on. Speaking of overrated, let's talk about your high-powered your offense. Your quarterback's overrated, man. No, 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 no. Since you called, let's talk about your high-powered offense that only put up seventeen points. Let's see you at the floor. Listen, listen, I'm not going to front. I'm, I'm. It's the same old rodeo with us, bro. Just a different dude called coaching. It's the same old show. They don't even uh, have Mike McCarthy calling no, the plays. No, listen, we'll, we'll probably be eight and eight. No, oh, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm, the way we looking, I think we uh, might be right there. No, 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 because I called you both out like a week or two ago about the record. Now you're saying we may go eight and eight after we yeah, said ten and six. After I, after okay. I seen what okay. I seen, I still say ten and six. You still say ten and six. The young boy's not ready yet. I don't think he's ready either. He's not ready yet. Your offense looked just Dak like the Giants' offense last night. In the first night. half, and then Dak just the second half. You know what I get tired of? Zeke, 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 all the time. You know what I'm saying? Hmm? All the time is too much Zeke, man. But, you know, I tell you what, though, I'm, I, I'm, I'm down with Andy Reid, though. Andy yep. Reid, he's the best play car in the league. Mm. Best play car in the league. Mm. Yeah, no, he, he definitely is, and he you can see that he does his homework because he has those guys on in the right position every chance they get, and, and Kansas City, they have no problem putting up points whatsoever. But, Mark, every time, every time they call play, someone is in motion. Somebody's doing something. You know what I'm saying? Like, he has people in motion on the right side. The ball's going to the left. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's – like – you see the game last night? You, um, yeah, what the Giants game. You see uh, uh, our, our ex, uh, head coach? Yes. The same old rodeo with him. They, you know what I'm saying? They looked exactly they, the same. <laughs> they get down in points and they want to have Boyle try to pass. Same thing he did with Dak last year. They're, they're not going nowhere. Y'all probably win a division, though. Well, we'll I see. I think it's still going to come down to us at the end. Both teams nah, at the horrible. end of the day. We're horrible. And we need a safety. You know what I'm saying? We need a safety. Well, y'all y'all you supposed to get Earl Thomas. Out there. Or the other guy, Reed. Yeah. So, you know. But uh, I just want to call in and say what's up, homie. All right? We appreciate your call. Thanks, yeah, Mr. Thanks Jackson. Thanks for calling in, man. Go, 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 boys. Go, boys. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> you got to wow. screen, screen these callers, man. I know, right? Yeah. So, all right, so for the people listening on YouTube, right, so I don't think the caller works on YouTube. So to actually hear the caller, you got to hit the actual stream, like the, the radio version. Yeah, uh, work. Yes, thank you for the people who text me that. Appreciate you. Yeah. So. I wasn't expecting a Cowboys talk already, but you know how that goes. Yeah. But, to, yeah, I mean, we, we will have them coming up soon, but I still think their offense was super mediocre yeah. to be, you know, deemed so high-powered and only yeah, put up and seven. Yeah, and like, that's why, like, when yeah. people talk about, you know, oh, man, like Dallas offense is, like, so talented. They're talented every single year. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, yeah. It's like nothing fundamentally changes in terms of game planning and execution when it comes to that offense. It's all the same thing. Yeah. You can add C.D. Lamb. You can add Le'Veon Bell. You can add whoever you want to that offense. Nothing's going to change. Yeah. Because, one, the play calling doesn't change. And, two, the quarterback can is 
just is more dependent upon you know what's around him as opposed to you know his talent himself yeah. yeah i mean to give to give cut back some slack i mean his numbers were okay his yeah. numbers are always good i mean they're fair yeah you say oh. always as it's an, as it's a constant and that's not real don't talk down to him now. You had him at a top ten quarterback last I week. I still have him at a top ten quarterback. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, see, I still you do. know what? You had you had Chris so angry last week. That's fine. I ain't never seen Chris do that before. I ain't never seen it either. <laughs> no, seriously though. Um, but, but yeah. But uh, moving on, like I'm 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 tired of talking about Philly. I'm yeah. Like, no, listen, listen. The entire the entire NFC East stinks. I mean, watch so again. Trying to still watch the football team. <laughs> Right. How, hold on, tell me how does how the football team with no name lead the division right now? Are, are we serious? Yes. Yes. Do, they don't even have a name. Like we really lost to the football team. Yeah. We uh, lost to a good coach. Good team. We lost to a good coach. Ron Rivera is an excellent coach. I will give him. Go Ron. That yep. is fair enough. But right. listen, anyway, despite the Eagles, uh, there are still plenty of good NFL action. You know, this past Sunday, you know, the Thursday night game as well. You know, the, that Chiefs offense. Looks like it hasn't missed a beat at all. Crazy. You know, you know who looks like who's back? Huh? Aaron Rodgers. It don't look like he left. No, I'm he's just not. Last year he had like a eh, mediocre season, but last like on Sunday, right? That looked like vintage prime. He did look good. Healthy. He's back. Like I ain't even gonna deny you. I took Green Bay with the money line that game. I was just and like, they hit. Yeah, they sure. <laughs> and they hit. They, they more than hit for me. Yeah, I mean, I ain't put like, down nothing like crazy. I'm like, those weren't even like, you know, <laughs> like, I'm going to just let these wide receivers do the work. No, those were vintage yep. Roger thread yep. the needle strikes. Yeah. Uh, Vontae Adams, Adam Lazar, yep. Vontae Scantlin. I mean, but you know what this means, right? If Aaron Rodgers keeps playing like this, that just gives him more incentive to not draft a wide receiver in the first round. Oh, see, and that's the, and problem. That's the problem. And that's why he's going to demand that trade and leave. And they still have that quarterback behind them, so. I don't. I don't know what the Green Bay is doing. Like you, you see, he, you see, he can still play. I don't know why you did that. In the yeah, place. absolutely. Yo, one, one guy who really stood out. I was gonna wait to get on him, but I was just so impressed. He, his numbers weren't like eye popping. Yeah. But he played really well, and that's Kyler Murray. Yeah. So like he he played really well. Oh yes. Uh, year two in that system with Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, you had DeAndre Hopkins. Yep. And honestly, it looks like they're like you know what training wheels off. Kyler, go out. You know, make stuff happen. He almost over 200 yards passing, 90 mm-hmm. yards rushing. He always has his best games against the 49ers defense. And mm-hmm. I'm like, this is one of the best front sevens in football. And, like, you always just terrorize these guys. He looked outstanding. Even, like, when he got in the open field, he, like, juked. He looked like yep. a running back juke. Yeah. I'm like, wow. Like, yeah. this this dude is, is definitely, definitely tough. Yeah, man. Um, aren't you glad you didn't stick to baseball, Kyler? <laughs> <laughs> right, because he, 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 it was the A's, right? Yeah, it was the A's. Confusing him it, was, it was the A's. Okay. And, yeah. And what, well, who, what team did Russell Wilson? Was it the Texans? It was the Texas Rangers, I believe. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. I was definitely getting them confused. And uh, speaking of Russell Wilson, I picked him to win the MVP last, uh, yet last week. And honestly, You're looking good. he's looking amazing. Looking, I was like, really and I'm good. like, listen, I'm just glad that, that these coaches are just allowing these quarterbacks, like, listen, P. Carroll's like biggest like issue as a coach, great motivator, uh, you know. Even with, but however, like he's way too like prehistoric, like when it comes to you know play calling scheme. He was like, all right, Russ, uh, you got Tyler Lockett, you got DK Metcalf. I'm gonna give you these screens to Chris Carson. Go to work. Yeah, and he did four touchdowns, brutalized, victimized Atlanta's defense, and yeah, like honestly, like he's looking like 
now like a potential MVP candidate as well, along with like Aaron Rodgers. For yep. real, for real, watching him, it looks like the game is really slow for him. Like he's in complete control. Like it kind of reminds me how Chris Paul takes over, mm-hmm. like the offense and everything, and just manipulates the game. And that's kind of what it reminds me of. Just watching him be so surgical with it. All right, and I believe this is our this is your guy. Yes. Hello, uh, Uptown Radio WJYN. Hi, this is Jason Dumas. I'm calling into uh, Mark Thompson's show. What's going on, Jason? How you doing? Yo, yo, what's going on, man? Man, look, appreciate the call, taking time out of your busy schedule. So we we definitely appreciate it. Um, we got a couple of questions for you. My my first question is because we definitely we're talking about the Eagles. Give give me your take on how you felt yesterday watching that game. Oh, the Eagles game, man. They have a lot of uh, they have a lot of issues with that line. I don't know if Carson Wentz will uh, make it through the year if they can't fix that line. Obviously, uh, bringing Lane Johnson back when he gets healthy will solve some issues, of course. But I don't think it'll solve all the issues. Uh, Jason Peters looks his age. He's he's an old guy. Uh, he's been in the league forever. He's a uh, First ballot Hall of Famer, no doubt, but he's 38 years old, mm-hmm. and he played, and he was played like he was 38 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, you know, Brandon, uh, uh, Brandon, 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 Bro- Brandon Brooks, Grant, yeah, Brooks. him going out the game, and then uh, you know, Dillard, who was looked to take a uh, a major step this year, you know, there they left some glaring holes and the Eagles had practice squad guys out there and we already know Carson Wentz injury history. Uh, so it's a huge cause for concern. And, uh, you know, it just begs the question, you know, it's been like this for what, about three years now, just even the year the Eagles won the Super Bowl, they had to overcome so many injury issues, and I know that's something that every team has injuries, but it's been about three or four years now where the Eagles just have mind-blowing amount of injuries. So it begs the question, what's going on with this training staff? Mm-hmm. You know, because, you know, it, it's getting to a point where it's like, you, you know, you can't you can't win games. You can't overcome these type of injuries year in, year out, and – we were just in week one, and it, you would you would think this was a week 14 game when you look at the injury list. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jason, once again, thank you for calling into the show. You know, from one Philadelphia team to another, there's been reports that, you know, Mike D'Antoni and the uh, Houston Rockets, you know, they parted ways, and um, now they're in potential talks, you know, not only with him and the Sixers, but also Billy Donovan. If you had your pick between the two, between Mike D'Antoni and Billy Donovan, who would you pick as the Sixers' next head coach? Uh, I would pick uh, D'Antoni over Billy Donovan. Uh, really? I, I, I just think D'Antoni over the years, I'm a little higher on him than most uh, people are out there. I just believe D'Antoni, he's been around so long. And he, he knows what he's doing. Uh, outside of the year, where he was with the Lakers, and that was kind of a disaster with Steve Nash and, and Kobe and uh, Dwight Howard. Outside of that year, he's made every team he's coached better. The, the Rockets, where Chris Paul pulled Hammy away from beating one of the best teams of all time. You know, they were up three games to two. Then Chris Paul went down, 
uh, and they lost the game in Houston. Then they lost another game in, in Golden State to lose that series. He had a couple very, very unlucky breaks in Phoenix. We, who can forget uh, that game where a bunch of players got suspended for leaving the bench? They yeah, had that of course, Leon Amari yeah, you, you know, you lose Amari Stoudemire, who's, you know, first-team All-NBA caliber player. I mean, if they don't lose him, they probably win that series. Now, I know sports isn't about what have should have, could have. You know, you have to have results. But uh, I, I do give him a little more credit than he's getting now. He's not on the top of my list, but from the question you asked me, either or, I would pick D'Antoni. I think he would surround Ben Simmons, he would demand that Ben Simmons gets surrounded by shooters, uh, which he doesn't have. He'd try to find a way to use Ben to the best of his abilities. Um, you know, he would get... Uh, the Sixers are already a, a great defensive team. Even last year, you know, this past season, that is, they were good on that side of the ball. It's, it's their offense. You know, they go through these... They go through these lulls where they can't score. And, you know, I think an innovative offensive mind wouldn't do bad. He's going to, whoever, wherever he goes, he's not a big defensive guy. He's going to hire a defensive coordinator, so to speak, for his staff to handle the defense. And, I mean, the, Eagle, the Eagles, the Sixers already have defensive talent. Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid are two of the best in the NBA on that side of the floor. Um so I wouldn't worry so much about the defensive side, but if he can figure out how to help this offense, then you know maybe the sky's the limit. But personally, I'm I'm more of a fan of giving a new guy a chance, a guy we never heard of. Nobody ever heard of Nick Nurse before he got hired, Boulderhoser before he ever got hired. Those are the two last uh, coaches of the year in the NBA. Chris you know? loves Nick Nurse, uh, by the way. I'm a fan too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. You know, like, there are so many coaches out there uh, in the league, even at the college ranks, who've been busting their tails and assistant coach, associate head coach, mm-hmm. who could come in and do a great job. So I don't get why we just recycle the same, mm-hmm. you know, four, four to seven names every year. It gets tiresome. There's more than seven coaches out there who can do a good job. Uh, I even like the, the – um, the Sixers assistant coach who uh, might get the Bulls job. This is Epi Udoka, right? Yeah. Yeah. Udoka is even a hot name. That it's like, hey, why can't he get a chance? Nick Nurse was Dwayne Casey's assistant coach. Mm-hmm. Dwayne Casey gets fired. Nick Nurse steps in, and look what happens. Now, I'm not going to say that's going to happen to every assistant, but my point is that we don't have to every offseason go through D'Antoni, Ty Lue, Jason Kidd, uh, whoever they they had their shot, they got fired for yeah. a reason. They mm-hmm. didn't do a good job. You know, let them sit on the bench for a couple of years before we just bring them back. There's other guys who who deserve a chance, and uh, I'm more of a fan of that. So when people ask me who do you want the Sixers to hire, I can't say a name because I don't know who it is. I just want the front office to do their due diligence and find the right guy, find a guy who deserves a shot. I don't want them to be lazy and just be like, oh, we'll, we'll hire Ty Lue. That's, that's, you know, that's the sexy name out there. Right. He went to the finals with a player coach pretty much. You know, it's just find someone new. Jason, Langston Washington, thanks for calling in. <clears throat> Speaking of coaches uh, and that 
that new feeling of just bringing, trying someone new. What are your thoughts on the Steve Nash hire for the Brooklyn Nets? Uh, you know, I think I think it'll end up being a fine hire. I mean, he doesn't have he doesn't have any head coaching experience, but he was out here on a you know a player developmental role with the Golden State Warriors, and he's very very close with Kevin Durant. So. When you have a transcendent superstar co-signing you and, and, and pressuring the front office to, to hire you, you're probably going to get the job. So I, I, I kind of stayed away from all that white privilege talk in that situation mm-hmm. uh, because mm-hmm. I, I didn't believe it applied there. Mm-hmm. You know, if that was just one of those situations, it's, it's not what you know is who you know. You know, mm-hmm. if I'm, I'll probably get a good job if I'm really close friends with the CEO of a TV station, you know, they'll probably hire me. And, you know, so that's why I think he got the job. Uh, I do, I do think I get nervous probably isn't the right word, but I'm hesitant when you got a situation where the star player has a very close relationship with the head coach, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, because you kind of blur those lines of business and personal. Uh, we we saw we saw it over the years with Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons' dad is great friends with uh, Brett Brown, and sometimes I think Brett Brown coddled Ben Simmons, and I always wondered is it because you're great friends with his dad, you know? So things with Steve Nash, you know, you might have some issues. They start losing players, might. You know, it's, it's Nash giving KD preferential treatment because they're essentially friends. You know, they're like best friends. Like, you know, you should have a great relationship with your boss, your coach, but you probably shouldn't be best friends because it's hard to do your job properly, you know? Mm-hmm. That's de- that's definitely a, a good observation, Jason. It's Mark again. I wanted to ask you a question. This one, it's going to be a little bit on a serious topic right now. So, you know how I'd say the past maybe year or so in the African-American community, we have been pushing mental health, especially on African-American men. How do you feel about Skip Bayless's comments towards uh, Dak Prescott? Uh, you know, I, I thought Skip was out of line. I think the mob, my well, people gotta, people gotta put everything in context. You know, Skip Bayless is is a talk host who, you know, earns his check from, you know, saying things that are kind of catch going to catch you off guard. That that's that's the whole purpose of these shows. So mm-hmm. when someone like Skip Bayless in this situation said something that a lot of people find offensive, a lot of people find inappropriate. It's hard for a network like Fox Sports 1 and even ESPN, if he was still working for ESPN, it's hard for them to really come down on him and not look like hypocrites because this is the this is the situation they created for him. Mm-hmm. You, you know, like he goes on and he says all this wild outlandish stuff and he brings them ratings and they love it, and they tell them to keep going. You know, they they push for embrace the debate and all this type of stuff where it's more debate-style, opinionated journalism instead of fact-driven journalism. Mm-hmm. So when, when they push for that, they're going to get that. They're going to get him saying some crazy stuff every now and then. That's probably why you haven't really heard him apologize. That's probably why Fox Sports won't reprimand him. So... 
I just people need to remember that. And like, as long as you're going to keep watching those shows and, and giving them ratings, you're going to have to realize he's going to say something that's going to offend you. And and you know that's one of them. Now, should he have said it? No, of course not. Dak Prescott. He, uh, you know, was going through a lot after his brother's suicide, and you know, it takes a lot to open up to that and, and you know, and expose himself. Uh, Skip Shuttle said it, but that's what you're going to get when you watch those shows. You know, I, I it, it is what it is. From what I said, I'm not calling to get Skip Bayless fired or anything. You know, he, he shouldn't have said it, but hey, people watch those shows. I personally not a huge fan of those those type of shows. You know. I just get a headache after a while. People just mm-hmm. screaming back and forth at each other mm-hmm. for two hours. But, <laughs> but I think you get my point. Like, yeah. you know, you can't you can't have it both ways. If you're going to watch that, which a lot of people do, or Skip Bayless wouldn't get paid ten, twelve million dollars a year. A lot of people watch it. Don't get mad when he says something crazy and offensive because you guys have kind of supported that mm-hmm. type of platform for the past five to six years skip bayless became who he is because people tune in and watch that stuff all right hey uh, jason chris again uh you know you be obviously being in the bay area you know you're covering the warriors and speaking of the warriors uh, going in the off season, um, there's pretty much nothing that they can't do. They're getting you know Steph and Clay back, you know fully healthy. Draymond Green is going to be coming back. Uh, Andrew Wiggins is in the system as well. Um, they're going to also have the number two pick in the draft. Uh, a lot of us say it's a weak draft, but what do you believe they're going to be doing with that number two pick? Uh, I think they'll trade it. I really do. Uh, just based on all the info I've gotten, based on. What I've heard, Brett, My- Brett Myers, Bob Myers, Brett Myers, I'm thinking Philadelphia Phillies, <laughs> Bob Myers. What I heard Bob Myers, he's their GM, has said, I mean, he was, the, the night of the draft when we interviewed him, he was so noncommittal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, he wasn't, he didn't strike me as a guy who was so excited his team got the number two pick. He he, he struck me as a guy who's like, eh, you know we probably won't be keeping this pick because he was just saying, yeah, we don't know what we're going to do with it. Now, say it was last year and it was a John Morant and a Zion Williamson at the Mm. top two picks. I don't think he'd be like that. I think he'd be like, we are so excited. We have our point guard of the future, you know, or we're going to pair Ja with, with Steph Curry, You, you know, like you have a transcendent, you had two transcendent talents at the top of the draft last year. This year, he, he seemed kind of lukewarm, which just led me to believe that they're going to shop that pick very aggressively. Now, if they keep the pick, you know, I would draft Obi Toppin from Dayton. You know, I know a lot of people like the kid out of Memphis who's good, too. I question his motor, Wiseman. I question his motor a little bit. A lot of the times watching Memphis, well, I mean, he only played about eight games for them. But a lot of me watching him, he looked like he was kind of just going through the motions. He was, you know, he was like too cool to try hard. Um, and once you get to an age like what he's what eighteen, nineteen. Once you get to that age, you either have a motor and you play hard, or you don't. Like he, he just seems like he turns it on and off. Like, and that's the difference between someone, you know, who is like a perennial all star every year, and then someone who's like Andre Drummond, who's who's, like, really good when he wants to be, and then you look, watch him again, and he's dogging it. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't love Wiseman for that reason, but he's very talented. I think Obi Toppin, you know, he's already 22 years old. He's, I think he can come in, contribute right away, uh, and 
that, that roster, the way it's set up, they want to get back to the top ASAP. They don't have years to kind of just, you know, mess around and, and be a five, six seed. They want to be in that top three and competing for mm-hmm. finals appearances again because Steph and Clay, they're still in their prime, but they're not getting any younger. Draymond Green is not getting any younger. They're all hovering around at or above 30 right now. And, uh, you know, they, they want to get back to what they were used to before this year. They're in the five straight NBA finals. And I know that's that's the standard out here now. And uh, so, you know, drafting a rookie who's going to come along slowly, I, I'm not sure they're, they're going to be into that. I think Toppin can come in, contribute right away. He's a rim runner. He can step out and shoot it. He'll dunk on your head. He'll get rebounds. He'll hustle. He'll try hard. And if you've noticed, you know, in the last, you know, three or four years, GMs aren't as afraid to draft those older upperclassmen mm-hmm. higher again because we went through a uh, phase where none of those upperclassmen were going lottery. But now they're starting to go lottery again because these GMs want to return on their investment sooner. These GMs are getting fired quicker. So, you know, if, if you know you could get fired in, in, in two to three years, why draft this 19-year-old who's not going to make an impact for three years, like crossing your fingers on potential, when you can get a guy like Malcolm Brogdon who's going to come in and be a rotational piece and really impact the game right away? We saw Cam Johnson from UNC who mm-hmm. got drafted by Phoenix. He was, you know, he's in the rotation. He went lottery. The kid was like 22 years old. So mm-hmm. you're starting to see these older players get the respect that they probably have always deserved. They're starting to get it again. So I think Obi, he'll go he'll go top five or top six. I know a lot of people don't have him at two, but I would take him at two. I think I think he's going to be a uh, rotational player from day one. Nice. Jason, Mark, again, I wanted to thank you so much for calling in to the show, giving us that wonderful insight. Where can the people find you if they want to look you up? course man you know always love to support especially the hometown yeah, I know. Uh, you can just you can just find me uh on instagram twitter uh at j dumas reports just the letter j d-u-m-a-s reports uh that's my handle and you check me out there and uh if anybody happens to be listening in the bay area just tune on to channel four uh i'm on at six eight nine and ten every every uh sunday through thursday uh, on Channel 4, Crown 4 News in the Bay Area. All right, Jason, much love. Thank you for joining the Running Back Radio Show. We'll hear from you again soon. Appreciate it. All right, fellas. Thanks for having me. Appreciate yeah. it. Jason Dumas, ladies and gentlemen. All right, man. And uh, we're just going to be taking a quick five-minute break. passing yards, two touchdown passes, two interceptions. His QBR, I mean, it wasn't great, but he didn't yeah. run for one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you see the guy who won uh, $40,000 by betting that Tom Brady would score uh, like a rushing I touchdown? I didn't know that. Yeah, dude won like $40,000. He, he bet 500 I think the, the odds were wow. plus 8000 wow. or something like that. And wow. from Tom Brady... Scoring a rushing touchdown, dude won forty thousand hey. dollars. That, that's he made out insane. even a loss. He made out. And come on, city, yep. right? Absolutely oh, insane. Too bad Tampa didn't come up. Nah, they ain't. Nah, they ain't come up. Good, somebody came yeah. up at least. <laughs> See, that's what I was gonna bring up. The teams that didn't come up to me, Tampa didn't come up. The Browns, who everyone was talking about this year. Again, no, not everyone. Just Chris. Just Chris. Not Odell, everybody. Odell did not show up. <laughs> 
Like Nick and Chubb. And now there's potential talk about Odell being on the trading block. Like, <laughs> yep. Please. I mean, we not. Never mind. We not gonna get him. I'm sorry. I got so excited. For, I, honestly, at this point, like Odell's gonna keep getting passed around. Like he's gonna be the next T.O. And that's sad because he's talented. Yeah. Oh man, he's gonna end up being that wide receiver like that Chad Johnson and Terrell Owens. That he's gonna keep passing off from team to team, and nobody wants to deal with him. And it's a shame because of how talented he is. Yeah, it's sad. Yeah, there you go. But yo, y'all missing out on a player. I'm surprised you didn't men- mention him, Josh Jacobs. A good player or a bad player? Good, good player, Josh, Josh Jacobs. Jacobs. Oh, he played the well. Raiders. He, he, played did, well. he didn't like. He wasn't like eye popping. But for three me. touchdowns. I think what you witness is that he's the workhorse for the Raiders now. For sure. Oh yeah. But that utilize. Raiders team is definitely a John Gruden led team. You know, mm-hmm. getting that court, running back twenty five to thirty carries a yep. game. You know, uh, Derek Carr using the tight ends like that's a Derek, that's a John Gruden you know throwback team right there. For sure. Go. I did that for you, uh, Hodges. Did you, that for you. You right. see, um, um, Henry Ruggs though he was lighting it up. He yeah. got some speed. Mm-hmm. He, he he got some speed. Yeah. And, uh, you know, shout out to, uh, you know, <laughs> Steven Kostowski, you know, missing every single wow, kick. Wow, yeah, except the, except the one that actually, <laughs> except the one that mattered. I'm like, listen, when, it, when, you, when you need him the most, he came through. <laughs> That's where he came, <laughs> he through. came through. Yeah. It's, it's crazy, though. The, the Bengals, they weren't terrible. They, they lost to that, that kick oh my God. at yeah. the end. The guy that, oh, yeah, the, yeah. the kicker pulled the hamstring, like, during the, pulled I'm like, on, talk about rotten hammy. luck. Yeah. Also, quick shout out, you know, former Philadelphia Eagle Josh Adams scored a touchdown with the New York Jets this past Sunday. <laughs> and no lie, they might use him again next week. Well, yeah, Le'Veon Bell's uh, uh, yeah, Le'Veon yeah. Bell's going on IR for the next three mm-hmm. weeks. You know, oh geez, yeah, you know, yeah. return to Josh Adams. <laughs> Wait, didn't you just trade for <laughs> yes, Le'Veon Bell? So why are you smiling? <laughs> Listen, I'm just mad. I'm just happy. My boy Josh Adams gets another chance. <laughs> he, he might pick up Josh Adams off waivers. You first, never of all, know. First, first of all, don't be giving out my draft strategy. Don't be giving out my plans live on air. Right? Like he's probably already locked up. I promise you, he ain't on waivers. He's probably just a free agent. All right, that's fine. That's fine. That's why we wait till tomorrow. That's why I got to use waivers. Exactly. That reminds me, I got to make an IR slot. So Yo, oh, speaking speaking of disappointing, how about Saquon Barkley? I know, I know, I've come yeah. in here saying that he's the best running back in the league, and yesterday, whoa, fifteen rushes for six yards. He had six more yards than me. Like that don't that don't make no sense. It's a combination of how new and inexperienced that Giants offensive line is, and how terrorizing that Pittsburgh Steelers defense is. But to Bree got like a free lane to tackle Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones all night. T.J. Watt was also you know wreaking havoc up there as well. Mm -hmm. Like everything about that Steelers defense, and like I said it before, like I don't trust their offense. As mu- as much as like people believe, like a healthy Ben Roethlisberger coming back, but that, but that defense, defense is has always been legit. Yeah, that it's defense has been legit, and, like especially with the addition of Minka Fitzpatrick, T.J. Watt. Yeah, T.J. Watt good. is like legit, but Dupree's legit. Like, what y'all think about Big Ben? He he didn't look terrible nothing, either. Nothing changed for me. What do you mean? I, n- I never thought he was a bad quarterback. Right. I just don't think he's like that top tier echelon quarterback that he used to be. Back but what he ben. did, but what he didn't, huh? Hold on, ben. you heard him? <laughs> Dak or Big Ben? Ben. So where? So now Big Ben's ben. top ten because he ain't. Dak. Dak has been extremely disappointing to me. Oh, like he man. with My, all those with all those weapons. See he, how quick they change. He, on he's been yeah. disappointing. It was just last week. He's been disappointing. Wow. Dak. Dak is still top ten, but like I said, Brady's not in my top ten. So b- I'm like, so you so anyway, now, Big any- Ben slides in. Sure. Pause. Sure. For now. For now. Any, anyway, For shout now. out to Big Ben. Like you know, he kept the he kept <laughs> the drop. 
He kept drives going. You know, Juju Smith Schuster probably looks. He looks like a number one wide receiver based off that first week. Yeah. I mean, like, he looks a lot better than what he did last year, you know, when Mason Rudolph's. You know, terrible and accurate throws. Mm-hmm. Like I'm still not falling for it. I ain't trading for Juju this week. <laughs> I mean, this time around. That's yeah. what that's what messed me up last yeah. time. Yeah, and also rest in peace, James Conner. You know, Dang. you were you were a fantasy you know nah, sleeper. Nah, you done. know, like two years ago. Like now, like now nah, he's done. Yeah, he's locked up. Don't let him out. <laughs> no, don't claim more waivers either. Don't let him go. Pick up he's Bell. Done. But anyway, um, on a more serious topic. Um, you know, the Thursday night football game, you know, yeah. um, you know, the Texans and the uh, and the Chiefs, you know, they had that moment of solidarity where they all all everybody, you know, locked arms, yes. you know, at midfield. And, you know, the Chiefs were at 22 percent capacity. But you heard it as clear as day, like in the audio, you heard the booze. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like when I heard that, I'm like, this is the exact reason why I said America doesn't deserve football. Yep. When yo, when that happened, I'm like, yo, Chris was right. That's literally the first thing that came on my like, yo, Chris was right. I I can't I can't I can't believe that 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 actually took place. So it it, it comes to tell it comes to tell you that it's not really about unity. It's not really about the flag. It's all about their entertainment. Like that that's all exactly. I got from it. It's like we don't care y'all trying to lock exactly. arms, entertain us. That's what that's what y'all are there for. You are to entertain us. You are a product to entertain us. That yeah. is it. You do not deserve a say in what happens in the justice system or anything like that. You are getting paid to play. Stick to that. Like I paid my good hard earned money on this ticket. You should just shut up and play. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no. Right. Mm-hmm. The same. This who's the lady who told LeBron to shut up and dribble? Oh, that was a uh, Fox. Yeah, Lauren Ingram. Or yeah, something. I think that's yeah. her name. She the yeah. same lady now talking about hey LeBron, put up money and you know make sure that they find these shooters who like were shooting at cops. Nah, I thought we shut it up and dribble. Like which like which one is it? Like make up your mind. But nah, like for real, for real. Like people give the Eagles fans slack for throwing snowballs at uh, Santa Claus. Listen, Chiefs are now the worst fans in all of America. I don't. I don't think it's the Chiefs. Because I, I think honestly, that's, I can't even pin this on Chiefs fans. Yeah, I just think, I like, think it's NFL fans in like, general. Just fans in general. Yeah, honestly, so? sports like, fans. It, it, there's there's yeah. no safe haven like when it comes to like fans. Like there's no respectable like quote unquote fans. Like you have like baseball fans. Like, like the reason why, like a few years ago, Cliff Lee picked the Phillies over like signing with the Yankees because yeah, Yankees fans spit on Cliff Lee's wife. Right. And then you got basketball fans, like obviously Utah Jazz fans. You know, obviously, you know their comments and like they're heckling towards Russell Westbrook, Philadelphia fans trying to fight Isaiah Thomas. You know that incident with Montres Harrell a few years ago. Yep. Like, like it's it's everywhere. You know uh, the racism up. You know with the Boston Red Sox. You know what happened with like Adam Jones. Yeah. And like. What happened, you know, a few years, uh, you know, decades ago with Bill Russell, you know, when he played with the Celtics mm-hmm. during the 60s. There's, like, we can't just sit there and just blame, like, Chiefs fans. Obviously, you know, what Chiefs fans did was, like, was like you know, like, you know, because it of this. But, but, but it's only because they had fans. Like, you don't see this in basketball or even hockey at this point because there are no fans allowed. For those stadiums that didn't have fans, you didn't see it. But when fans are allowed and you see them locking arms and you see them stand up for blast like manner, go out and vote, things of that nature, yeah. that's where you hear the booze coming. That's why we say it's not even just we don't deserve football. We don't deserve sports. In general. Because, because these players, they're not players first. They're human beings first. Mm-hmm. And a majority of them playing sports are African Americans. Yep. And like well. Ryan Clark brought up a real good point. It was like when it comes to, you know, honoring our men and men and women, you know, fighting for our country, like no one has a problem with that. When it comes to breast cancer awareness month and people want and like yep. players want to wear like pink cleats and show awareness to that. No problem with that. Autism awareness, you know, charities and whatnot. People have no issues. It's just the fact that 
athletes are literally just asking, you know, the bare minimum of like, That's listen, it. and like obviously for three black three black men who you know, do the show, it's like, listen, just stop shooting us. That's it. And mm-hmm. it just draws such uproar. They talk about all lives matter, and they talk about you know like, well, white people get shot by cops. So it was like, yo, so we're talking about police brutality in general, right? Like, so like, why aren't you just as upset as we are? Yeah, it's it's because like. One of the first things that you'll see is like, oh well, why didn't he comply? What do you mean, why didn't he comply? How come you? How come a a a fourteen year old at McDonald's has better people skills than people who are supposed to protect and serve? Like they can de-escalate a situation about a McFlurry better than a cop can. Like, are you are you kidding me? Like that's that's a problem there. So when when people are talking about oh defund the police and do this and do that, no, it's about creating diversity and having people like. For example, we all been in those situations, right, where we took one, we were applying for a job, right? Yeah. You know how they ask us, like, a thousand personality tests, mm-hmm. yeah. yet it's, like, the same 25 questions asked mm-hmm. four different ways, yeah. but mm-hmm. you still got to make sure you mm-hmm. answer it right so they make sure you're, in, you're sane. Mm-hmm. I feel like they don't do that with cops. Like, I tell this with people all the time. Like, I, and correct me, I could be completely wrong. It's just a guess. But I tell people all the time, it takes you eight years to practice law yet about eight to ten months to enforce it yeah where the heck does that make yeah. sense yeah i hear the, the difference between lawyer and a uh, police officer i hear that um clearly one thing you mentioned was we need to create diversity i think diversity is like created already but people need to get used to it being around them like when you have a cop eight to ten years i mean no eight to ten months of experience they are taking everything they learn from their environment and bring it into a new environment they're not used to it they're uncomfortable it's that it's them being uncomfortable that's bringing all this violence upon us so i'm not trying to offend anybody but if you're a punk why are you going to be a cop listen man i'm not obviously i'm just saying i'm not obviously obviously you know the typical you know school year talk is like you know those kids that was always bullied ended up being cops so sadly and yeah. then like this ain't a knock on nobody or anything but like they be fresh from working at like overnight at target then next thing you know they're a cop like what yeah. <laughs> Amer- we're america's got we're change. just saying like like <laughs> there needs to be a lot more due diligence a lot more training better selection maybe better selections more more testing as well when it comes to just becoming a cop it takes a lot of work to become a lawyer we think it it may not need to take eight to ten years to be a lawyer but it now definitely takes a lot more to be a cop yeah for sure. and it takes a lot more to be a cop in a diverse environment especially when we're talking okay. about enforcing law mm-hmm. and not only enforcing law but it's your first duty protect the citizens of the united states of america exactly yeah and all we're asking for is change it was like we're not asking for like as much as like, like we appreciate you know the quote-unquote gestures you know you know po- po- posting black lives matter on a basketball Cute. course like no we want actual change yeah like earlier Tangible. today like like louisville like uh like brianna taylor's family got like a settlement money for 12 million dollars i'm like yeah that's fine and all i'm like but you rather pay 12 million dollars to this family and i'm not going to knock them for taking the money but it's like you're going through all of that instead of just arresting the guys and just that's all we never asked for a settlement. I mean, who knows what their family asked for, but yeah. all we said was arrest the killers who killed Breonna Taylor. Mm-hmm. Just like we never asked for lift every voice and sing as the second national anthem for the NFL. All we asked for is equality and the cops stop shooting us. 
Equality, <laughs> cops are shooting us, equitability as in people getting what they need. Yeah. As well. Right. Well, like we not even getting deep into it. We just no. saying, yo, chill. <laughs> like we not talking about redlining, the poverty line and you know, people getting the voting restrictions. Like, yeah, like we we're not, not really getting to the nitty gritty. Bare minimum. Right. Like, can you please stop shooting stop us? Shooting. We're talking surface level right now. Like right. look look at us as human beings first. And that's crazy. Yeah, and we're not seen. I think I'm we're like, seen as human, like animals. I'm like human beings. What? That's crazy. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Anyway, um, hold on. One, I feel because you're about to change. I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just leave it at this before because I know you're about to change. One of the main reasons I love sports so much is because coming up, like sports to me was the great unifier. You yep. could be at a game. And next thing you know, you're you're at an Eagles game. You're slapping high fives with you know someone who may um, be white, someone who may be you know um, gay yeah. or lesbian. Like this, sports was always the great unifier for mm-hmm. me. Like I mm-hmm. remember when the Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Like my I have my license plate in the front is an eagle. So I remember like at least a solid week, just like beeping my horn throw my fist up go birds everybody just going crazy and i'm like yo this ain't bad but it's sad because i'm like this only gonna last a week or two mm-hmm. and then it's back to what we're used to yeah we were we were together when the eagles won a super bowl yeah and you see everyone in the neighborhood everybody. just yeah, blasting out dreams and nightmares didn't matter High what five. color you were right what gender you were we were just hugging celebrating the fact that we won like i haven't seen like that much unity since tim mcgraw and nelly dropped that uh <laughs> that song together i'm like dog that song ended racism back in 2003 like, over and over again <laughs> It's all in my head. That's a great song. We might play that next time. <laughs> oh my gosh! Listen, I put look that song. That song in the racism for that summer. Wait, Lil, Lil Nas X and uh, yeah. uh, Billy Ray Cyrus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Yeah, man, it's about time we got a black kid in country music. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! They hating because they heard them eight oh eights in the back and said it wasn't country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, a little too hip hop. All right, on uh, from the girl iron to the. Hard floor. Uh, you know, basketball once again, you know, resumes. We got game seven of uh, the Western Conference semifinals, yeah. which how did how the heck did it get to game seven? Um, Because the Clippers blew a 3-1 lead. <sighs> because Jamal Murray and Jokic are the real deal. Because um, Pandemic P doesn't know how to show up. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, it's also a closeout game, so you think he's going to show up today? No. If, if Denver wins this game, what is going to happen with playoff? Do you think they're going to run it back? Nah, As is? I don't know, especially if they're in talks trying to get Giannis. That's true. you got to yeah. trade Paul George if you're in talks to get Giannis. No, they're just going to look at Paul George. Like, if Paul George goes like 2 of 11 and they lose, like everybody in that organization is just going to look at Paul George like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they gave away like 30 picks to get him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the middle of the night while we were so, all asleep. Like, like, we're, we're t- like, I'm like, to be fair to Paul George, like, it's not just him. Like, you know, Patrick Beverly's, like, also not do, like, providing anything. Well, no, 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 but, but, but no, no. You're yeah, playing yeah, playoff yeah, P. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. no. Max contract yeah. to show up in the playoffs. He need to be Kawhi Leonard's right-hand man. Right. right. Like, when I first heard these two getting together, I'm like, oh, my God. This right. could be, like, the <laughs> second coming of Michael Jordan and Scott. Yeah. This this is like freaking Robert Covington and I. No, nah, I'm just playing. <laughs> He's not, it's not that bad. bad. No, Robert, Robert Covington showed up. He's not that bad. No, no, not that bad. There's no such thing as playoff Roko, man. Facts, but yo, well, game seven Roko. 
Pandemic P, he just hasn't been it since he dunked on Birdman when he played for the Pacers since he wore number 24. So you're saying you should switch back to 24? He need to do something. Listen, listen, just everything about the Clippers just is off. Like, Reggie Jackson's just out here just, like, running suicides. Reggie Reggie Jackson as well. Patrick Beverly's just... Not it. Yeah. yeah it's, but it's but it's like but I don't know what you I don't know what you honestly expect from Patrick Beverly besides good defense. Like he no one's ever like, Oh my god, Patrick Beverly's about to give us a wide open throw. No, like, I'm just sorry, like you can't it's just like your your trash talk game shouldn't be better than what you actually produce on That's the floor. That's true. Like regardless of like what stature of player you are. Without unlike, unlike Kawhi Leonard who doesn't say anything. Like here's my thing, like, like, like Kyle Lowry can draw you all game, but it's like he can still drop drop twenty on you. He can. Yep. Like Marcus Smart could like draw at you all the time. He'll give you first the team funny, on defense. Fu- funny thing about those two players you just named, the the what they give out on the floor is also demoralizing. Yep. Yeah. Like it's like, yo, Kyle Lowry just made what? <laughs> He just did what? He just said what? Now he's talking about he in room 639. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just demoralizing the way those guys so I remember, like, one game, um, I believe it was, like, after, like, uh, after a Sixer game here, like, Kyle Lowry just, like, gave out his address, like, when he was living on uh, Chester. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a surprise. Is that, uh, is that a game where he told Ben Simmons to meet him in the locker room? Yeah, something like that, oh yeah. Oh, my gosh. Jeez. You know, I, I just, I, I honestly, um... What do y'all think about Kawhi's legacy if he loses tonight in the game seven? I don't think his legacy is such. I think it's more Paul George. Cause Why? Why Kawhi- so much pressure on Pandemic P? Just, it's just because you paid him all this contra- all this money and the fact that you traded so much for him. Right. And I you mean, thought you it's, thought he was going to show up to be that thing, top like, Jerry West player. is one of the best basketball yeah. minds. Think about it. He built the Lakers, you know, with Shaq and Kobe. He built the Warriors, you know, you know the Splash Brothers. So it's like... He wants an inter- like wherever he goes, he wants a legitimate return on his investment, and he's not getting it. He's not getting it with Paul George. Like nah. Kawhi Leonard could drop forty tonight, and like if Paul George goes like two of fourteen shooting, like drops like ten, then like that's more. That's not a knock on Kawhi Leonard because he showed up. I, I look at it like this: so so Joel Embiid in the, in the first series averaged thirty and ten minimum. Mm-hmm. He showed up. No one else showed up in that series. Yeah. Is Joel Embiid's legacy hurt? No, he showed up. Well, Joel Embiid ain't got no legacy. He don't have a legacy. All he do is but also, what I'm saying is it's not damaged at all. Kawhi Leonard showed up this series the whole time. True. And he just won a championship last year. Also, and he proved he could do it. Also, when I think when it comes to legacy talk, like, legacy only matters by, like, how much a player talks about it. So, like, legacy matters to LeBron. Legacy matters, yep. you know, to Kevin Durant. Kawhi Leonard doesn't talk. Like, like, it's funny, like, we joke about, like, Kawhi Leonard can, like, retire tomorrow. We never hear from him again, probably until, like, his Hall of Fame speech. And then, like, he's probably just going to say, like, a few words and then dip. You think his resume already gives him Hall of Fame? Multiple-time defensive yeah. player of the year. Two, yeah. two rings for two franchises. Two-time finals. Yeah. Finals MVP. Uh, multiple-time All-Star. I've seen players get in for a lot less. Mm, okay. That's, I mean, that's yeah. fair enough. Uh, I yeah. mean, he's getting in. He's getting for in. For me, I just felt like maybe he needed to do a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, like, if he goes, like, if he wins, like, another ring and, like, after that, like, wins a bunch of, like, all-star appearances and all teams. like He yeah. doesn't even need another ring. He'll just pat his stats a little bit. He'll, he'll get in. He's fine. Get, but yeah. playoff P, like, what has he done in the playoffs? Because people talked about him no, being a Hall of Famer. It's pandemic. Pandemic P, P sure. Because playoff P hasn't because existed. Because here's, yeah, because. <laughs> He's like, still in Indiana. Yeah, yeah like, like Langston <laughs> says, like, I think regardless of that, Kawhi Leonard's legacy, like, is not on the line tonight. Because regardless Kawhi can, like, run it back next year to go on a deep another postseason run. And, like, it still doesn't matter to him. Paul George is, because he got paired up 
with Kawhi Leonard and what they gave up, what OKC, what they gave back to OKC to give up, because this is Jerry West we're talking about. Wherever he goes, they win a champion. Wherever he goes, he won, the team wins a championship. This affects Paul George more than it does for Kawhi Leonard, in my opinion. My only thing is this. Kawhi Leonard is the alpha male on this team. Yes. So how come there's more pressure on his running, on his robin, than him? Like, I don't, I don't get that. Okay, here's the thing. Do you, you, did you blame LeBron? Okay, LeBron James was the alpha male against the Golden State Warriors, still dropping a triple-double and he still lost. Is that on LeBron or was the fact that, you know, that Kevin Love and the rest of them didn't show up? I was just, Kevin, Love, Kevin, Kevin Love was hurt or, like yeah. or that J.R. Smith. You know, didn't uh, shoot yeah. the ball immediately. No, that, no, that's that's actually a, a fair assessment. But I mean, they came up against the up and coming Golden State Warriors. There's nothing they could do. There's, there's nothing they could do. I mean, you're right about yeah, that. But I mean, the injuries were there too. But like Paul George is playing. That's what I'm saying. Why is yeah, there but, so much but pressure? Paul George on him? is not showing up. He's playing. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Anyway, okay. Dang. <laughs> we know, who that, we yeah. know who that was. Yeah, I, yeah. I can screen these calls down. <laughs> <laughs> it's my money, so, and I want it now. So, like, what do you want, like, Kawhi Leonard to, like, do? Like, even yeah. if he plays, like, well, she's 60% from the floor, and he's still. We'll, lo- we'll put it this way Allen Iverson against the Lakers. Okay? Average, like, 40, won a game for him by himself. Right. Legitimately. Played nearly every single minute of the NBA. Exactly. Right. Is his legacy tarnished because he couldn't win a championship? No, but he, he, he didn't have that? a Paul George. Well, Paul George, Pandemic P. Listen, all this right? is what I expect from Kawhi, who, they're, who they've crowned all of a sudden the the second best player in the league, completely forgetting about KD. Kevin Durant. <laughs> I want him to put the squad on his back and show that he deserves to be in those conversations. I do not think he yet deserves to be in those conversations with the LeBrons and the KDs. I don't really care about his resume. He has it. Cool. I'm not taking that right, away from him whatsoever. I need to see more of a more body of work from him. So, when he got that young MVP with San Antonio, nah. The the one last year he earned, in okay. my opinion. The okay. one last year he definitely earned. The one with San Antonio, nah. Nah, not at all. So I, you're saying that, that Kawhi, you're putting Kawhi Leonard below Kevin Durant, who just won two championships with a Golden State, a loaded Golden State Warriors squad. I'm not even putting him in the same sentence as Kevin Durant. Wow. Wow. So below LeBron, which I understand. Because he got Cleveland one, but also below Kevin Durant, who has Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green to help him the whole time. Yeah. Wow. That's not even a no-brainer. Kevin Durant's resume before joining the Golden State Warriors was already legit. With no championship. Right. Fair. Fair. And you know what, man? Speaking of this whole championship thing, this is all this is all the media's fault for, you know, thinking Michael Jordan was super great when we all just saw in the documentary that Mans took some losses. He just wasn't just all of a sudden woke up and he's 6-0 in the, in the finals. So now it's like I, I kind of feel bad for dudes like your Patrick Ewans, your uh, Charles Barkley's and Allen Iversons because it's like Carl Malone too. It's like now your career don't mean much because you ain't got a ring. Like that's messed up. Like Mike, Mike ain't have it that easy all the time. He didn't. He didn't at all. Like these guys are still – Legends at yeah. the end of the day, so nah, man. Even though, even though he. But are you putting uh, Paul George in the same realm as a Charles Barkley and a Karl Malone and things like that? No, he don't even have the numbers for exactly. that. Exactly, exactly. He don't. 
That's why he needs a championship to boost his resume. Okay. Paul George or, or Paul Durant? Because we're talking about Durant. No, Durant, Durant. If Durant wins a championship with the Brooklyn Nets, to me, his legacy is solidified. It's not solidified now? It's not solidified now. It's, it's solidified now. Yeah, you think so? With, yeah, with two championships with Golden State? Yes. Why, why not? He, was, he won final. Listen, he went on a team that had Steph Curry as the best player, and he became the best player on that well, team. Well, everyone knew that he was better than Steph Curry. So that, that's, that's not anything new. That's not anything new at all. But you think that they're not going to say that, oh, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green helped carry you to a championship because you couldn't do it alone with Russell Westbrook. Listen, James when it comes Harden. to legacies, I don't care about what media says. Like, I don't like that. I don't, care. I don't even like the I don't word care. carry. No, but but I'm a, I am going off what the media would say about it. That's why I say winning one with the Nets would help. Him. But I got to bring that to your point. Here's the thing. If Kawhi Leonard balls out and Paul George doesn't, so – is that more on Kawhi Leonard, you know, not putting the team on his back, or once again Paul George not doing his part? I'd say it's it's definitely 50-50, but you're going to expect more from Kawhi Leonard. That's why I'm saying like Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard's Leonard not off the hook. 45-8 and 6 and better win and a loss because Paul George but, gave you 10 points. Then in that situation I'm like, yo, he did what he could. <laughs> In that situation. All right. That's, that, that, that's, that's all, all I'm saying. In that's that situation, because he's been doing Because when I'm watching these Clipper games and I watch the rest of these stat lines, I'm like, like oh, Paul George is off. Like, Reggie Jackson's like has like zeros all across the board in like 20 plus minutes. Patrick Beverly has zeros across the board. I'm like, well, like, what's going on? Yo, without Marcus Morris, they, yeah. they, they really they might be at home. Yeah. Yeah. They really yeah. might be at the crib right now. Yeah, and then like. Yeah, like now, like you're depending on Lou Will as like the second option, and like yo, when you were constructing this team. Wait, Lemon Pepper Lou still play for them? Yep. Yeah. Cause I ain't yep. seen him. Yep. Y'all he's, seen him? He's there. Oh, he's there. What he doing right now? He's there. Yeah. Again, not much. It's really just Morris and Leonard, and Leonard doing everything. That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's all. But doing. you know, like on a more, but, but on another topic, obviously, uh, that game seven between Boston and. Ooh. Toronto. Ooh. That was tough. <laughs> I'm glad it went down the way it went down, especially with me calling Jason Tatum the best in the East. Yeah. I, I was shaking. I was like, ooh, I'm going to have to answer this on the show. But not that today. Was, that was, listen, that was when it come, listen, that was a great chess match between two bright coaches. But as soon as I saw Kyle Lowry foul out, I'm like, yeah, this is over for them. Yep. Because then you got Fred Van Fleet, you know, your boy, you know, trying to do an off-dribble you know, step back three, and I'm like, dog, what are you doing? You're six foot, trying to shoot over a six seven guy. What is wrong with you? That's all. This is the best do. play you could think of right now. Like, like you couldn't run like an off ball screen for Norman Powell to like get open on the corner three, like something. Yeah. They had a timeout left. Yeah, that that. I mean, so is that but, is that on your boy Nick Nurse? Honestly, yeah, it is. Oh, like, I wasn't like, expecting that. Yeah, like number one, like Pascal Siakam didn't show up at all in this series. Especially, like, during the fourth quarter, my opinion, you should have subbed him out for Ibaka. Ibaka, in limited minutes, was giving you uh, just around the same, you know, amount of defense as Pascal Siakam and better shooting. They would have never and, done and that. And a lot more experience, yes. too. And they would have never did that because of what they're paying Pascal Siakam. <laughs> yeah, but also as a coach, you got to send a message. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. do. Yeah, like, game seven is like, after this, like, there's if you lose this, this is it. This you're is going down. Yeah. So it's like... I don't got time to sit here and wonder like how much you're making, so I have to keep you on the floor. I'm trying to make sure that you guys are still playing. You right. could be mad at me later for that. Yeah. I, but I, anyway, I like it was it was a great series. Marcus Smart became lights out of three point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Tatum was balling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's what you learn from the from the Celtics. If Marcus Smart is making his threes, they're practically unstoppable. Yeah, pretty much because the way Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown yeah. plays, yeah. it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But and Kimball Walker. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, obviously we got the matchup, the Eastern Conference Finals. You know, the Eastern Conference Finals that the Sixers single handedly constructed. Pretty much, jeez. So, yeah, yeah, that is true. Oh my god! Oh, <laughs> now, now I'm mad. I didn't even think about it that way. Oh, because we let Jimmy walk and they drafted Jason, Jason Tatum. Tatum. How yeah. cute! Yeah, in hindsight's 2020, we all we got Al Horford so they can get Kemba. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it gets worse. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, no. What? Why you say that? Now I'm even. Yeah, like, it, it gets worse the more you think it's about true. it. Bro. But here's the, right. So you got them in the Miami Heat. So who do you guys got? Well, oh, y'all know who I got. He, yeah, they, he probably had the Celtics. I just want to say this is the series where we find out who's better between Jason Tatum and uh, Jimmy Butler. We called that out a couple weeks ago. Yeah, we did. We is, definitely talked about it. This is it. Yep, this is I it. I mean, y'all know I got the numbers. But anyway, so first <laughs> off, Boston, I mean, uh, Miami, they haven't played in a week. So I, I'm telling you, Miami's going to win the first game. They're going to win game one. Okay. They're well rested. You know, they don't have to worry about traveling, et cetera, et cetera. They're just chilling in the bubble. But, um,. Talking about my man Jason Tatum, he's averaging 25 points per game in the playoffs, which is good. Like that's that's really good for his third go round at this. Jalen Brown, 21 points per game. Kimball Walker, 19 points per game. One thing I do need from Boston though, when it comes down to closing time, I need more Kimball Walker. Like he should be their closer. This is what Kimball Walker yeah, did. Roll. Yeah, like this is what he did alone in Charlotte. It was like it was hard for them to do that, and that's around the because they were doing that box that box defense on Kimball. That's Walker. true, and they weren't the ball out of his hands, and they weren't doing what the Sixers were doing, giving him all that space to yeah. shoot after mm-hmm. the pick. Yeah, so that's another thing. Um, and Jimmy Butler, you know, that's your guy. He's been averaging 21 points per game through the playoffs and two, uh, 2.1 steals. But in the two games that he played against Boston this season, he averages 28 points per game, shooting 50%. So there might be some form of uh, advantage he might have against Boston. Only time will tell. So, But, no, nah, I, I got I got Miami winning tonight, though. Okay. Here's the X factor, though. Tyler Harrell. Yup. You know. Yup. I was going to say got, that. He got yep. that. Yeah. But here's the thing, though. Boston, when it comes to playoff time, and I'm only going this off just because, you know, the the history of, you know, watching them guard J.J. Redick, you know, trying to run them off the three-point line. Do you think – how much do you think Tyler Harrell is still going to be shooting that, that that lights out against his Boston defense? Uh, I think it, it, it depends. I think he's able to. Um – it, it depends because they're, they're wing defenders and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. They're outstanding. And don't yeah. forget about Marcus Smart. So they're going right. to be annoying. So they're going to have to definitely send some extra screens. Yeah, don't forget about Brad Watermaker too, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he can play. He can play. Yeah. He's good off Phil, the bench. Philly's on. <laughs> oh, my God. Philly's on. They're going to have to send some extra screens in order to get – Tyler Hero open and See, Tyler Hero is my young boy. I like him. And He's that's tough. my thing. I don't know if they do have to do it because they have so many shooters. Like y'all forgetting about Duncan, Duncan Robinson, Robinson as well. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, Kelly Olenek, would y'all consider him a shooter? Yeah, he, he can shoot. shoot. Yeah, he, he can shoot. The, mm-hmm. the dragon. Yeah, yeah, the dragon. I, I think it's going to definitely go seven, but I got Miami winning tonight. Okay. Yeah, se- seven or six. I'm leaning more towards seven, but Boston winning this series. Because okay. I f- just feel like, like there's the thing about about Miami like there's games that they can win mm-hmm. where Jimmy might just have like 11 yep but I don't think they can afford those right now they're <laughs> going to need more from Jimmy Butler so he's going to have to be more offensive minded in order for this team to actually win the series 
And you know, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, they shoot everything. Yeah. They're already mm-hmm. offensive-minded. Yeah. So that's what I think. Yeah, so they're going to need more from Tyler Harrell. They're going to need from Duncan Robinson. And even from Bam, Bam Alabayo. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I think. That's going to be an interesting chess match to see, like Bam against D- Daniel Tice. How about Brad Stevenson's verse? Brad Stevens versus Eric Spolstra. That's Ooh. another good yeah. coaching matchup. Yeah. Listen, man, listen, the East is East has good <laughs> coaches. Listen, man, it, it's been a chess match so far, like these last two playoff series. I agree. Yeah, I mean, then then you got you know Mike Boonholzer and Brett Brown. So. Yeah. <laughs> Why'd you have to mention him? Brett Brown. <laughs> first off, names that should no longer be mentioned on this show. I got a text saying, "Oh, Aguilar caught a touchdown." Well, no. All right, his name <laughs> should not be mentioned. I mean, he did though. He, I don't care. He doesn't play for our team. All right, Aguilar's name should be gone. Okay, mm-hmm. and Brett Brown should be gone. Bomber, bomber news. Yeah, like th- those names should no longer be I mentioned. Agree. On those headaches are gone. <laughs> we no longer have to deal with those. All right. That's how I look at it. And uh, speaking of headaches, mm. what's next for the Rock? All right, here's the thing. These last three eliminations, because you still got game seven for tonight. Yeah. Which team is is going to be fine, you know, going forward between Toronto, Houston, and Milwaukee? I would say Toronto. That was going to be mine. I was yeah. Gonna... Toronto, to me, they're more of a cohesive unit. Yeah. And you can clearly see that. Like, them having Kawhi last year, in my opinion, was essentially a bonus. Because yeah. they didn't really miss much of a step, but maybe his closing out ability. Yeah. Um, I think Milwaukee's in trouble. Yep. Because oh there's there's some smoke going on. Giannis. And, yeah. And I, 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 don't, I don't know. that. Like, for example, who knows, like, how much his wife may be in his ear. I agree about Toronto, but think about it like this. Red Van Fleet's going to be a free agent after this year. Serge Ibaka's Ibaka's contract is up as well. Marcus Gasol's contract is up as well. So, like, you you can replace those But the only thing about it is that Toronto's such a good organization when it comes to player development. So, like, they can go out. OG and an OB. Yeah, so they they can go ahead and, like, you know, develop and, like, Build up those guys. I you think know, Toronto will be fine. They can yeah. run it back and be fine. Yeah, but honestly, out of those three, Houston's the most in trouble. Yeah, Houston's Why in is big Houston? time trouble. Well, you wouldn't say Milwaukee because Giannis might leave. No, like here's the thing: Russell Westbrook is going to be making over forty million dollars. Okay, the so next you're going year. in cap situation. Okay, yeah. so they can't. And it's like, anybody. what is there okay. left for Houston okay. to do? They can't really sign anything. Nobody. Yeah. And like, here's my thing: like, when listen, when are we going to listen? Obviously, you know, you got your issues with Paul George, but as much as I like James Harden, but like, when are we going to admit that he's the problem? James Harden? Yeah. You don't think it was Russell Westbrook? But here's the thing we blame Carmelo Anthony, we blame Dwight Howard, we blame Kevin McHale, now we're blaming Russell Westbrook Mm. for the shortcomings for Houston. We never sit back and really blame James Harden. But James Harden essentially does what Langston was describing earlier with Kawhi. If he drops up forty-five and eight, he wasn't even y'all lose. He didn't even show up in, in the Lakers series at all. He was shooting poorly all series, along with Russell Westbrook. And and that Game Seven series uh, in the previous one against OKC, he really didn't show up that game either. Yeah, you know, until defensively, like the last minute as well. Yeah. So you can say James Harden, the best in the regular season, but once that postseason hits. He's basically mediocre. You need to rise to the occasion and exceed expectations. James Harden diminishes in the playoffs. But Russell Westbrook. And it's like, it's been like how many years has been like eight straight years of like James Harden in the playoffs? And like, I can't remember like one signature, you know, James Harden like playoff series at all. Oh, that's, that's fair. I can't, I can't even deny that. I mean, or a moment or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, so it's like, 
He went out shooting, though. He went 12 for 20. He dropped 30. He went out shooting, so he didn't play that bad in their closeout game. But I just, I just think it's also, it's also Russell Westbrook, in my yeah, opinion. I, just, I think it's both of them. Yeah, like, it's also not that. It's just, like, also body language as well. It's like, but at that point, it's like you're looking at, like, Russell Westbrook's making a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah. D'Antoni's gone. You have no center. Uh, you got an aging Eric Gordon. You know, Eric Gordon, oh. you know. That is true. They Time do- out, though. You know what's messed up, though? How they going to do Daniel House like that? Yeah. How they going to do him like that? First off, hold on. Shorty was in the bubble, so she was safe. Yeah. How he, how he get violated and get kicked out of the bubble for sneaking company into his room who was already in the bubble? That's another conversation for yeah. another time. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. I mean, that's the, that's, the re- that's the real reason. They lost their sixth man. Like, I, I, don't, I don't get that. Like, what? Shorty was in the bubble. I could see if he snuck her in through the underground... Railroad tunnel that they got down there that was rumored to be having. But Did she ever leave the boat? No, she was one of the nurses. He was just trying to get an extra checkup to make sure he was good for the game. And yeah, extra oh checkup. My God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Extra checkup. Gotta, yep. uh, gotta make sure. Like, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, never mind. I'm gonna keep it PJ. Yeah, but the reality <laughs> is this, though. Like, Russell Westbrook's gonna be making well over $40 million over the next few years. James yeah. Harden's gonna be making a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah. They're they're cap strong and they have no cap space either. Yeah. And like you said, they they don't have a center. So how they're going to acquire a center with the new coach? Oh, because they gave up Clint Capella last year. Yeah, exactly. And D'Antoni's really the only coach in the league who doesn't use the center. Yeah. Well, they still do have Tyson Chandler on the team, right? Unless he's on a minimum. No, Tyson Chandler's thirty eight years old. Man. Yeah, I know. Plays. I know. He, he plays. The, this is one thing that kind of scares me. Um, I think the league is about to do to Westbrook what they just did to Melo. A you know what they tried to do to Mello. Yeah, like I'm Ooh. I'm starting to feel that way. You starting to see it too? Yeah. Like they're gonna keep blaming Westbrook and then next thing you know, Westbrook's gonna get cut and then Westbrook can't get signed. I don't I don't want that to happen, but I just feel it because I saw this happen with Mello. Mm-hmm. Like how all of a sudden Mello can't play. You sit him out for a year, he he he's bad teammate, he's this, he's that. Next thing you know, he get finally gets an opportunity. And it's like, yeah, it scares me. I don't want it to be true. So what you're telling me is that Russell Westbrook's eventually going to get bought out. He's going to get a bad reputation throughout the league. And then he's going to be backing up Damian Lillard within a few years. I ain't say that, but I I just don't. I I don't know. I'm I'm getting nervous, yo. Especially because, like, all right, out of you two, nobody else is putting the heat on James Harden. Everybody's like, Westbrook, 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 Westbrook. Yes. They're already painting this picture as, like, He's not a winner, yeah. so it's like there's already reports where it's like he like went off script when it comes to like you know them running the offense. I'm like, dog, what script? It's driving kick. That's that's all it is. I don't. They barely even do picks. Yeah, yeah. That that that's just I one of my ball. concerns. Like, I, and they, I don't want this to happen to a future Hall of Famer again. And you might be right, just because like so basically James Harden pushed Chris Paul out of there, but you see how Chris Paul elevated OKC to playoff status into the game setting against Houston. And now you see Russell Westbrook, and they're blaming, they're putting all the blame on him. Right. Maybe you need to look at the common denominator, which is James Harden at this point. How come not Mike D'Antoni? 
Mike D'Antoni maybe maybe that's, that's why enough. he's out. But that's what they're going to find out this year. But here's the thing though, Mike D'Antoni is eventually going to get another job. Oh, he's going he's going to Indiana. Yeah. I think when Russell Westbrook's contract is up, nobody's going to touch him. Man, I hope Jason's wrong. I don't want Mike D'Antoni here in Philly because that means we're probably going to. I don't think. Him. I, I, I think it's just because yeah. of the options between yeah. him and Billy Donovan. Yeah, he said he said he preferred Mike D'Antoni, but he's not his number one. Oh, all right. I'm he's, just yeah. still. I don't want his Mike, number one choice is a new a new. And once again, person. and once again, you're listening to Uptown Radio WJYN. 98.5. You listen to the running back radio show. Chris Thomas, Mark Thompson, Langston Washington. We're talking Houston Rockets. We're talking, you know, Giannis and the Bucks. We're talking NBA bubble talk, yeah. you know, for these last 20 minutes of the show. Mark, you want to give that call in number? That phone number is 215-763-9596 join the conversation. We are went in on the Philadelphia Eagles, talked about some studs that we saw from week one, talked about some duds we also saw week one in the NFL action. So we got a lot going on in this conversation, so you guys are more than welcome to join. Yes. But uh, you were talking about the Bucks earlier, about, you know, they're eventually going to be in trouble with Giannis. Definitely. I think so. Um, they just, they just, I just don't see a big star staying in Milwaukee. I no, mean, not even. Even with what they did with Ray Allen. Like, Ray Allen was the man in Milwaukee, and boop, goes right to Seattle. Listen, I completely understand where they're coming from. They need, obviously, you know, somebody else, a legitimate partner in crime for Giannis to convince him to stay. Hold on, we got another call. 98.5 WJYN, the running back radio show is calling. Hey, what's going on, Chris? It's Julian. Yo, Julian, what's going on? What's up, Julian? What's going on? How's everybody doing? What's going good, man? Uh, what's on your mind? Man, I wanted to touch pace. Um, uh, I haven't been able to watch you guys today, but everyone is starting to go in and finally see that James Harden, as great of a scorer as he is, is not that great scorer in the postseason. Uh, yes, he was doubled a lot. The Lakers locked in, zoned in on him, made life very difficult. But when you're when you're a great scorer and when you're a supposed superstar of the league, you gotta know how to get past that. Mm-hmm. Kevin Durant has figured that out. I'm using him because he's the the most recent great scorer, probably the best scorer in the league currently. Um, Kobe and Jordan learned how to work off the double work and uh, shake off double teams whenever they would be <laughs> they had to deal with a double team, and so I just I'm I'm tired of waiting to see Kevin Durant. I mean, I'm sorry, James Harden emerge as this great player and this great scorer, all time great scorer, and he keeps falling short in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you guys feel about that? I mean, I feel like it's a fair assessment, you know, because James Harden, I feel like he's been in the playoffs, I believe, eight years in a row, and like. You can't even count, uh, even on one hand, like the amount of like signature playoff moments that James Harden have. I think you have to go back to him going as when he back when he was in Oklahoma City as a six man against the Spurs. You know, in that Western Conference Finals is probably the only moment he had like a signature playoff moment because like when they went to the finals against the Miami Heat, he was a no show along with Serge Ibaka. Um, Julian, actually, oh, go ahead, go ahead, yeah. Julian. No, 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 go ahead, go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, all right, Julian, Mark here. I was going to say, I think it comes down to coaching at the end of the day. I feel like James needs to be put in better situations. I um, also feel like it comes down to 
the management making sure they're putting the right pieces around James Harden at the end of the day. Like he can he can he can do so much as you can see. He's one of the top bucket getters in the NBA and he's also one of the top assist men in the NBA as well. So I mean you surround him with a couple of shooters, maybe some solid defense defensive guys that way he's not always taking the the best player every night even though he doesn't typically do that because he has such a high role on offense I, I just feel like he needs better pieces around him in general who, who knows maybe even a change of scenery in his later age hey, I, I agree with you about the the team because he needs to I, I was I was talking about this earlier I think a good team for him if he were to ever leave Houston or get traded the best spot for him to me would be landing in San Antonio under Greg Popovich. To me, his whole game lacks discipline because he does what he wants, when he wants, and the Rocket organization, unfortunately, backs their star player up. That's kind of why they got got rid of Kevin McHale because he wanted to coach Harden. So Mm. you can't coach a player that the front office is protecting because they want to keep him but in the same sentence, it's not helping him as a player because he is getting he's getting away with such lazy basketball. I want to say it because I, I I bring this up a lot. James Harden can be a fantastic scorer. I've seen it so many times where he can be efficient. He's not left baiting. He just flat out balls. He knows how to dish the ball. Like you said, he's actually a very good passer. He has great court vision, but he settles for being such a lazy player nine times out of ten that it takes away from his actual game. Like, you don't get to see the James Harden of OKC, like you said, when he was destroying San Antonio, when he was destroying the Lakers, you know, the ring, not the reigning champs, um, but that was such a great version of James Harden. Yes, he fell through in the finals. Granted, he was still a couple years in the league. You can forgive that. Yeah, it's like you know, 21, you 22. And you learn. But he, it's, it's like he, no one was ever sat down with him like, look, you got to cut the BS. You got to get, you got to get it together. You got to put a, like Chris said, put a good memorable series because he doesn't have a memorable series. In his career, he's not going to be regarded as really just anything but a great, you know, a good postseason scorer. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, season scorer. In the postseason, he just falls flat Yeah, all the time. Yeah. Uh, Julian, this is Langston. Just to add to what you're saying, I think we mentioned this earlier. Um, <clears throat> it's the same problem that Sixers has is the fact that no one's holding James Harden accountable at all on that team. He can do what he wants when he wants free reign. Um, and it's like you said earlier, like he's never been coached up. But I think that's what Houston is looking into now is finding a coach that'll hold him accountable, that'll have him grow and develop as a player, add to his repertoire, which is already lethal uh, as a player right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like that's what they're in a search for. That's what they're going to do. Um, but we just talked about how Houston's in trouble because we don't know how they're going to do it um, with the amount of money or the lack of money that they have. But uh, James Harden, he, he's great. He's a fantastic scorer. Um, the other thing I'll add is I think 
the way he plays, it's easy to defend against, especially in the playoffs, especially when you see it once in the first game, because usually after the first game, they pretty much shut him down. You realize that. Um, so, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it is something where maybe James Harden just maybe needs to develop as a player as well um, and hold himself accountable. Hold on, real quick. I, I totally hold on, yeah. real quick. How can you develop a thirty-one-year-old player? Like at this point, he is what he is. LeBron like, James. LeBron James is a different type of animal, though. <laughs> so that does that. I don't. I don't think that, I'm just, that doesn't count. I think it's just opinion. more so the fact that if you change your environment around, like a, pl- a great player, you know, kind of like how LeBron went to Miami and learned from Dwayne Wade and Pat Riley, you know, that Heat culture. Oh, oh, I. I so like, it, it might do like like going to San Antonio, potentially learning from Greg Popovich. Who's gonna rein him in? It was like, yo, yeah. don't do this. When the defense gives you this, give you go and give that. Or, or give some player. Yeah, give some. Yeah, give yeah. some. Give James Harden somebody that he just can't go out and just like you know does what he wants. Because right now, Houston, he's been doing what he wants for years ever since Kevin McHale got fired, and it hasn't been working. Like like right now, you see James Harden uh, on OKC. He was under Westbrook and KD, so he was taking. And learning from them. Then he got his own team. And now you're seeing the lack of accountability being held up. He, they brought Chris Paul over. Chris Paul tried to hold him accountable. They got him out of there. And they blame Chris Paul for and that. And they blame Chris Paul for that. They bring uh, Russell Westbrook in. And everyone's calling on Russell Westbrook. No one's calling out James Harden. Maybe they need a player or coach to hold James Harden accountable into the fire. Man, listen. First off, y'all going to stop disrespecting my man. Like, he's not an eight-time All-Star, three-time scoring champ talking about holding him accountable. Like, since he's been playing for Houston, he averages 29.5 points per game. So, number one, stop the, disrespecting my man. Season. Like, y'all talking about my man James Harden like he Ben Simmons, and I don't appreciate it right now. So, y'all, need, <laughs> like, y'all talking about holding him accountable. Like, I don't, I don't like that. Well, I, I don't appreciate it. No, like I said. A seasoned player comes to the post. <laughs> yeah, regular season. Regular season. Yeah. Dude, yo, three, three, it just to kind of use a football analogy, wasn't this Peyton Manning's issue for years? Mm. That That's literally what I just got through my text. Mm-hmm. <laughs> somebody, somebody said Peyton Manning. <laughs> I literally just got that. <laughs> no, but you're, no, but you're absolutely right. Um, there, there needs to be a player. And to go back, players at an, at an older age still can get better. I mean, every year Kobe tried to do improve his game somehow, even though he was in the twilight of his years. He still tried to improve some facet of his game. Michael did the same. No thing. matter what it was, it's not about getting better. It's just about being a student. That a student is always studying, always trying to get better. That's what I, I you know, I barely am seeing it from LeBron James. I mean, his jumper is actually a reliable tool for him now. As opposed to what five six years ago, it was it wasn't something that you would expect to see from him much. Mm-hmm. You know, some days he'd be you would have his jumper going down. Some days it would be completely off, and he would have to rely on you know then to get to the basket. Yeah, um, there's just things about James Harden's game that he needs to develop. One, I mean, if this series showed anything, he has to learn how to make a breakthrough. A double team, like I said, Kevin Durant, Kobe, Jordan, all the great scorers knew how to score off a double team. He's talented enough. He's crafty. He's extremely crafty. Probably one of the craftiest players in the league. I would say next to uh, Chris Paul. But he doesn't. He he doesn't utilize it. He settles for you know the step back, which is a great tool. But then he his biggest thing is that 
baiting the ref. He goes mm-hmm. to the hole and flails his arms up, and he eight times out of ten gets the call, except when it comes to the postseason. During the season, oh, anybody would want James Harden during the season. He's gold. You know, he's any coach's dream. But when it comes to the postseason, it's like, where did this, where did my golden child go? Now I have the redheaded stepchild. What's, what's going on? Yeah. And, uh, Julian, um, once again, we want to thank you for the call. We got to um, wrap it up a little bit. Appreciate it. No, no problem. Thanks, Thanks for having me. All right, man. Take it easy, man. You guys take it easy. You, you too. too. Yeah. And. Y'all just gonna stop disrespecting my man James Harden. He, he's good. He's he really good. good. Like I'll be, I'll be honest. I don't, I, I don't know if he's a student of the game because, but, like, you can, you can tell like what guys are students of the yeah. game because mm-hmm. you can see the progression in their yeah, game. Yeah, I was gonna talk about year. that. Like I was like, you talk brought up like Jason Tatum, like you know, like yeah. student of the game, Jalen Brown, right. student of the game, right. And my man James Harden, I already seen him in the picture back in Houston, yeah. getting it popping with no mask on. So I mean, <laughs> so he just playoff loss. Plus, not to hit him that hard, oh, but so I'm still gonna stop disrespecting him, though. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and that's also the reason why, like, my my darkest fear is gonna come true, and I think Boston's gonna win this series. Oh yeah, I think yeah, Boston all day. Why? Why Boston again? Because they got more. Because okay, they do. They more, they can man. match up they with do. Miami defensively. Like they can go blow for blow for them defensively, and plus they got multiple options on the offensive end and the late stages and different looks they can do at the end. Yeah, and I just like I I'm not a firm firm believer that Jimmy Butler is really going to give them like 25 plus a game. So here's my thing with that. I do believe Jimmy Butler is going to give them maybe not 25, but he'll he'll be consistent throughout the series. But I think I, that's what they need to win. Maybe, but here's the thing. Here's what I they question. Need, they de- they, need they might need that, but here's what I question. No, even, no, they not not might. They have. even if you say Jimmy Butler is the best player in the series, the second, the third, and the fourth best player are all on the Celtics, and Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Kemba Walker. Jimmy is the second best in the series. Even if you say he's the first, <laughs> they have two, three, and four. If you say he's second, they still have okay. So, and that's the reason. You people would say the Celtics win. For some reason, I'm still going Miami. But you know what? It's funny that you mentioned that because remember when we went up against Toronto last year? Yeah. And they said, after Kawhi, the next best three players are the Sixers. <laughs> I mean, sounds yeah, really the same. But but, but, I, but that didn't show up in the series because yeah. MB didn't show up. Ben Simmons was basically locked out of the series, and Tobias Harris was just. Brett Brown had no idea game. what he was doing. And Brett Brown, you got to lean towards coaching as well. They out coached. Us easily between Brett Brown and Nick Nurse. Oh, for sure. I was just playing that. Yeah. The, the only reason we were in the series was because of Jimmy Butler. All right, so you're picking Miami. Miami. I got uh, Boston in seven. Miami in seven. All right, Boston in six. Got fair enough. And it stinks going for Boston. Yeah, yeah it does. It hurts, but it really do- oh, God. you can't deny talent though. Like they are talented. Sucks. They are talented. I'm gonna be. I, I, like hope, I hope Miami wins, but I am picking Boston. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I'd rather Boston because if Jimmy wins, oh my God, this city will be in flames. <laughs> that is true. I'd rather, I'd literally, <laughs> this, is shit, this is legit why I'm picking um, Boston over um, Miami. Because let Jimmy Butler get there with that team. That is true. People will be jumping off to Ben Franklin. Yeah, because people are going to be like, you had Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris with Jimmy Butler, and you only got to the semifinals? Right. And he took that team to the championship round? I'm just letting you know right now, if Joy Taylor ever listens to the show, she's going to be really disappointed. <laughs> oh, nah, because if Joy listens, I'm going to be speaking right. 
I ain't gonna say nothing bad about Miami. I'm a Heat fan. I'm a Dolphins fan too. What's up, Joy? <laughs> oh my. Oh. God. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm a tagger when the podcast come out. That's fine. <laughs> shoot or shoot. Hopefully she'll respond. Yeah, man, shoot or shoot, man. Listen, may Duncan Robinson be with you. Facts. Nah, Tyler Harrow gonna be Tyler. with me. If Tyler Harrow with me, <laughs> might get a chance. Yeah. <laughs> You might. He's a baller. You might. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. How'd y'all? Uh, we got a couple minutes left. How'd y'all fantasy teams do? Uh, Saquon absolutely did nothing for me. Wet the bed for you. Yeah. I Carson. won. Oh, you won. I won. Oh, uh, I lost. I know. Yeah, I lost. <laughs> Carson wins. I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. Like yeah. listen, like I. <sighs> All my hoopers was on the bench. Honestly, like the, the <laughs> reason why. <laughs> the only reason why I lost. Yeah, he had, had Jameson Crowder on the bench. Yeah, James Crowder gave me twenty I started the two wrong guys. I should have started T.J. Hawkins. I should have started Jameson Crowder. Yeah. If I would have started those, I probably would have won. But yeah. you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Um, but Calvin really did good for me. Yeah, and yeah. you have Michael Thomas, right? Yeah, he got hurt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's available. I got him on the, on the block. Yeah, nah, I'm okay. I'm oh, okay. Oh man, looks like you need a wide receiver. Yeah, yeah. I think I do. And right. I want Devontae Parker. He's hurt too. Oh Jesus! Yeah. This, I, I, oh, that's man, why you uh, love fantasy football, oh, right? Oh, you trying to trade Michael Thomas while he's hurt? Huh? Yeah. All right, man. Uh, nah, man. nah, I'm not gonna do it because he's gonna come back, and then this is what happened uh, to me when I gave up Hopkins last year. I was about to say, like, I'll give you Le'Veon Bell. You, I mean, they're both. Nah. You like, <laughs> <laughs> trying to treat me nah. like I'm some models, dog? Nah. Nah. Listen, I got me one for Josh Adams somehow, man. Nah. <laughs> I'm just saying, yo, for anyone listening to this running back podcast, for me, train those two running backs. So far, it's looking good. Because Tyler Rocket, he lit it up for me. Russell Wilson, thank you. All right. Oh, yeah, look, I got Russell Wilson. Them four touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Remember I was hype on Gronkowski? Yeah. Yeah, I'm starting Dallas Goddard. Yeah, I'm going to say you might as well <laughs> yeah, start Yeah, you should, you should definitely. Bro, he really yeah. gave me 24 yeah. points. I was, yeah. like, happy. But then when I realized I didn't start him and Gronk gave me absolutely yeah. nothing yeah. in the yeah. 4 o'clock game. In, in my other league, like, I, I lost my four points. Like, all I needed was at least one touchdown by either Saquon Barkley or Evan Ingram, and I would have won. Wow. Yeah, but that's fantasy. T.J. Hoskinson. That's why I uh, do Fandle for the most part. Yeah. So I'm not committed to these players each and every week. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, very, very, very difficult to I'll, say the least. I'll, I'll, nice plug, you know. Hey, if you ever listen to us, man, why don't you sponsor us? Right, should. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's it. all the time that we have for our show. It's time we wrap it up. Once again, we want to thank everybody for tuning in on WJYN 98.5. Once again, we want to say sorry for the technical difficulties on our end. We'll try to get it better next week. And also for tuning in on Uptown Radio, Philly.org. Chris Thompson, Chris Thomas, Mark Thompson, Langston Washington. This has been the Running Back Radio Show. Tune in next time. Black Lives Matter.